Now again, where are the missiles? I don't know anything about any missiles. Of course you do. Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. I'm Josh Follin. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we are going to be bullshit about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. Today we're toasting our Spider-Man lunchbox thermoses full of grape drink flavor high C to the 1990 rare developed Milton Bradley released Captain Skyhawk for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Emulation disclosure. Uh, same shit, different video game for me. Nestopia on PC, standard NES controller via USB. Jay, how did you... Enjoy this masterpiece? <laughs> the exact same way. USB and Estopia. Let's do. Nice. Please rate and review. Uh, be part of the ISOH movement. Give us validation on your podcast platform of choice in the form of a rating or review, and we will read it here on the pod and feel great about ourselves. One other little housekeeping thing. The 1990 Nintendo Power Mullet Counselor Championship Mullet Bowl presented by the Imperial Schools of Honor podcast, has officially concluded, and we have a new mullet champion. <gasps> Jay, Jay, can you please provide a drum roll? <laughs> <laughs> Lord Disciples, your 1990 mullet counselor and mullet bowl champion, brought to you by the Imperial Schools of Honor podcast and your mom, is... Paul Solved Ultima Reed! Knew it had to be. Knew it had to be. Coming from the wild card round all the way to the fucking promised land. <laughs> and was there ever any doubt that a mullet counselor that both solved Ultima and had the gumption to talk about it would topple all that stood before him? <laughs> Congrats, Congratulations, sir. Paul. You are a champion, and no one can ever take that or the mullet phase in your life away from you. What are we jamming on now? <laughs> Jay, what are you jamming on now? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I got a few. Got a few. First of all, as you see behind me, if you're watching on the video. Yes. This, yeah, this looks like a goddamn, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of the word, like a fucking fucked up amalgamation or something. Like uh, uh, 19, late, late, uh, mid to late 90s uh, amalgamation of fucking uh, every like weird but popular IP possible. <laughs> <laughs> so the correct answer is Mortal Kombat 11. And, yeah, one of the DLCs, actually two different DLCs and, like, expansion packs, give you access to random characters like Spawn, the Joker, the Terminator, Rambo, a couple others, you know, like, it's it's pretty crazy. But, like, the game itself, like, so that's, it's fun if you who like the, those who characters. The fuck, who the fuck but, are the bookends here? Who are these dudes? I'm like, Shang Tsung, I think, is on the left, and then on the right, I I don't know his name. He's a character from like Mortal Kombat 10 or one of the previous ones. Oh, so the Mortal yeah. Kombat guy. I thought yeah. I thought I was trying to find a movie or something. Like I was thinking like maybe I was thinking the guy on the left could be the dude uh, from Commando. <laughs> <laughs> I see Terminator right from it. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, those they're fun. Like for just you know PVP type matches to throw in a random fun IP character from your childhood. So yeah, that's fun. But I beat the main story long time a long time ago. It was great, you know. I played Mortal Kombat 10. I've always been a fan of that that series, and I've I've even dipped my toe into the PvP aspect, you know. But all you know, a bunch of other games came out after that, so I kind of just stopped playing it. No big deal. 
However, during, again, one of those sales, I essentially got all the extra characters and the DLC, like, for a deep discount, like, something like 80% off or something, so I paid virtually nothing. Um, and I forgot that I had done this, and just, so they were sitting there on the back end, I was looking at my Xbox, and I was like, wait, I never d downloaded these, so I completely forgot about it, and... Yeah, it's it's fun because I I wanted to continue the main storyline when I beat it originally because it was so fun. So yeah, I started playing what that again. The, what can the good. fucking storyline of Mortal Kombat be, dude? I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it, but like <laughs> you, if you're familiar with the lore of Mortal Kombat, you know kind of like the different realms and and battles that happen. But like this one has a different aspect where time is involved, and so like one of the main characters, um, who's always been in Mortal Kombat since the beginning becomes basically like raiding god status like through the story and so it's 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 very unique you know it's it's done cinematically well done obviously you have battles in there that's it's more combat but it i think the story is actually really good so highly recommend it's it's more than just the shock value of ripping your guts out anymore that's definitely there too but it's not <laughs> the thing, i would say word word uh so yeah and then still rolling with nba 2k22 man the seattle surge continue their romp through the My Team Domination mode led by Prime Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Lakers LeBron, Scotty Pippen. I mean, are you watching that? Did you start Dude. watching that show on on uh, HBO? Which show? Uh, there's uh, Adam McKay. Uh, is a creator directed it as well. Uh, a show about the start of like the 80s Lakers. No, 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 no. It's, I it's heard really of it good. though. I oh. thought like it, I mean I've Adam McKay. You know, going into it, I mean, it's the director of Vice and fucking yeah. The Big Short and um, Don't Look Up. You know, fucking him and his editor are like God. They are filmmaking gods as far as like they don't they have no regard for like straight line narrative. They just <laughs> they're they're so fucking creative in the way they uh, do their filmmaking. But the so you know, but that, that like I don't know. It's almost like had the potential of like a licensed property to me. You know, like really? Lakers thing. Like it could be very. I don't know. I just I was I was a little yuck about it. Kind of. I don't know. Am I gonna like this or not? And it's John C. Riley's the fucking lead in it. And I, yeah, I don't, that that alone <laughs> that alone should have been like enough. Like shut the fuck up and just watch it. <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, it, it's fucking good. It's really fucking good. It's definitely on my first. list. I watched the first three episodes uh, are out, and yeah, I watched them all, and like I couldn't fall asleep. I was up to like three a.m. the one night, watching the whole thing. Okay, uh, this, all right. Release. So it's very good. High Anyways. praise. <laughs> High praise. Yeah. So you know, I cream's in it. What's is that? my point? I cream's in it is my point. Cream's like one of the main characters in it. So really, that's what made me think of it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, got a lot of love for Kareem. I mean, he's he dominates on my team. He's freaking. It feels like he's like seven five, even though I know he's not that tall. Like in within the game, he's just like blocking people's shots out of the air, just like taking the ball mid air. Like, nope, we're going. He was a, he had he had that eighties skinny too. Like a seven yeah. footer, a seven footer started in the nineties was a very different looking human being than a seven footer <laughs> in the eighties and before. You know, yeah. it's just a different kind of body composition. So they look wiry more wiry and therefore taller yeah yeah but yep still playing with that and then cyberpunk 2077 man i know i mentioned it briefly in our chat i think a couple weeks ago but they got me with the five hour trial i just it was a free trial on xbox and i, I knew how much of a dumpster fire it was before i'm like you know let me let me just try it out because I, I don't know much about this cyberpunk genre like i know it had a 
terrible launch, but let me just check it out. It's free. But man, I was curious, but great strategy of properly finishing a game, releasing the trial, and putting it on sale for like 20 bucks. I, I bought it afterwards. I was like, all right. I, 10 hours later, I was in, and I was like, yep, get, give it to me. You know? The only reason I'm not further into it is the same reason that I'm never further into anything is because of the kids, you know, like it's clearly, <laughs> clearly a mature, mature adult type of game. You know, there's all kind of stuff in there. There's no way I can play it with the kids awake. So and, unless I'm willing to just stay up late each night to play it, it's like, ah, so it's, it's on the back is burner. It, unfortunately. Is it worse than a fallout or worse? It's in different ways. Yeah. I mean, it's just, the language, like, it's, I don't know if it's worse, it's just different, you know, like, there's no, I'm not willing to have those discussions with my children right now, to, you know what I mean, and they're just cursing it's every, funny. throughout uh, all the dialogue. You know? it, it's funny that that is, you know, I don't know, from from the, as a, as a non-parent, <laughs> I hear the, the initial uh, inclination to not play with them around is like, you know, I'm doing the, you know, I don't know, like, my proper parental thing and then like you start when you start speaking open and honestly you're like i just don't want to have to talk about it i don't want to explain it to him (laughs) (laughs) well because i mean it still is like also violent and gory and there's sex and like you know what i mean it's just all the mature stuff like there's i'm not talking to my three-year-old or my seven you know what i mean like we're just yeah (laughs) but uh yeah other than that like it's good so when i can actually get away and play it i'm into that and then <laughs> doesn't doesn't that have some sort of like online fucking component to it or something? Isn't it kind of no? They they talked no, about it, but I don't think there's an actual no. yeah no. co op aspect to it. But if there is, I haven't found it. Okay, Lord. but uh, yeah, man. And then Among Us <laughs> of all games, I don't know. Have you ever played it? I don't even know what it is. Ah, uh, so Among Us was a super popular like mobile game, mobile casual game a couple years ago. And like it was very popular with like I think a YouTuber or somebody played it and because they mentioned it, everybody else found out about this small indie game and it just kind of blew up. Um it came to Game Pass and so because the kids all love it, like my daughter's always talked about it because her friends are playing it in school. Uh it came to Game Pass, we we're like, all right, let's 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 try it. And it's really fun, man. It's like the whole, I mean, I'm, I'm sure pretty much everybody else, most people know what it is by now, but the, the whole concept is that you're on a spaceship and there's... Don't don't give our <laughs> listenership any more credit than you would give <laughs> me as far as like being on board with a current trend with a, a, some sort of child video game. Well, no, no. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's popular with the kids now, but I, f- I feel like it was just wildly popular, you know, like two years ago, like everybody knew about it. But it's kind of died off, but still is a thing that people play. So, but we hadn't played it yet. And yeah, so I played with my daughter and the whole premise, again, is like you're seven to 15 players, you're on a spaceship and you have these tasks you have to do. You're going around the spaceship, you're fixing things, you're in electrical, you're cooking meals, whatever the tasks are, you're doing them. But one or I think up to three people is an imposter, and they're actively trying to sabotage everybody else. So they're oh, yeah, pretending sounds, to work. Sounds cool. Yeah. They're like killing people along the way, and so once a death happens, everybody gets together and tries to like piece like who did you see? What happened? Like did anybody see anything? And 
So it's funny because like a lot of lingo has come out of that game. So the word sus means like it's short for suspect, but it's something that they use in that game. Like, oh, gentleman JB was sus. He was just kind of moving back and forth. He was sus. I don't know what he was at. It didn't seem like he was actually doing anything. You know, and they use, <laughs> just use like the short language, like so-and-so is sus. Yeah. And it's has become a thing that she says like all the time, just in every day. So it was like, all right, you're using this word all the time. We got to play this game. But uh, it's it's fun, man. I highly recommend it. It's You definitely have to be playing on different consoles, different phones, different systems, so that you can't see what other people are doing. You know? Um, yeah, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it's a really fun game. And it, so, I mean, it, is it like, I don't know, is it, is it almost, uh, like walkabout in, in the way it'll, it, it does have like this, like a quick pair thing for playing with people outside of your own local network or however you want to describe yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, you could just jump in the private matches and like, kind of like Demio where you just give people a code like, Hey, and like people can all join oh, or you private, can do like a public, a public where it's just like okay. hey i'm just going to join one and there's all kind of like different there's different ships you can choose also kind of like demio where like different boards like different levels like all right i'm going to choose between these levels with these kind of parameters and there's little additions and tweaks you can make where hey people have different roles like there's a scientist and he has the ability to uh, turn everything off and on to try to like catch or catch the imposter or something like that you know just different sure, modifications yeah. you can do to make the game even cool. more fun yeah that sounds cool i like the sound of that a lot actually yeah so time Word? time to Word? use make use of that game pass membership and, and jump into one uh, it it lapsed uh, oh no you're killing me smalls well we'll, we'll get to it here uh, <laughs> but i i reached the end goal with Game Pass and was able to move on in life to bigger and better things. It was great. Yeah, I could finish the well game. Time. I couldn't. I couldn't believe how well it timed out. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Say more. Say more. Let's go. Uh, okay. Well, yes. The 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 thing the the um, the final frontier, if you will, of my Game Pass membership and Xbox playership <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, was Outer Wilds, and yes, I had been playing it since our last recording uh, almost nonstop and just. Jay, so much discovery. There was there was so much discovery. <laughs> this the game, and I I mean, you know, the the possibility exists for recency bias, sure, but I am I feel very good about saying that this game is the greatest caveman video game flat screen digital experience I've ever had, and I am saying that. Yes, better than Subnautica. Real fucking talk, Jay. Like, what? You? You. Yes. Yes. And is I, there I, body I snatch? Have body snatchers taking you over? Like, blink if you're in trouble. Like, what's going <laughs> on? <laughs> I am battling with the idea, Jay, that this might be the single greatest piece of storytelling and world building I've ever experienced in any medium. And I mean that written, film, game, anything. Hold on. Hold it's on. What? Fucking. It's. Uh, dude, it's. I. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm already fucking tearing up. I'll, I, I, well, we'll, I'll get in, I, you know, I'll talk about kind of like how I've coped with finishing it and having it out of my life after I guess I get through this. So, all right. Now, playing the game, while playing the game, obviously can't play it 24 hours a day. So, numerous times after I really got going in it and got hot and heavy into it and it really started to fucking hit me and, 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 get it and there's a lot of little things i can't even that's the hardest thing if you start googling videos of this game mm-hmm. like there is a there it, it is a, a 
so many of them that are like so focused, focused on the spoiler ass, like that this is not a spoiler video or it is. And like anyone who, if you, if you're watching it, if you, if you don't know whether you want to play this game and you start Googling videos and you, like I found one video that the guy did this at the top and I was like, and this was after I beat it. And I still was like, this guy is a fucking asshole. Like <laughs> he, like basically if you, if you start watching the video and the, and the guy's like, okay, we're crossing a spoiler gate or, you know, there are spoilers or whatever he's, if they say, if they tell you like, like this guy, the one I'm referring to was just like, you know, he's like, it's a spoiler thing. Like, I think you should go play the game. But, you know, if you don't want to do that and you want to keep watching, go ahead. Like anyone who says that and would even like consider not standing in your way of ruining this experience in your fucking life is a fucking cunt, dude. Like, fuck them, die in a ditch. Like, it you, to Whoa. take this away from someone, the opportunity to experience this game the way the creator intended you to, to experience it is... Uh, to me, just uh, there is I, I I can't think of worse of a worse thing to do that doesn't include bodily harm on a human being. Like it is an incredible experience. And like when you, if, you, if you Google, like there are documentaries about the making of it and you kind of see how it's it was such a gradual development thing. I and mean, it took them years. And like it started this game started, dude, as the, 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 the creator in college had all these like little um, just little development projects, like a little lunar lander fucking a crude lunar lander thing and then he built this uh campfire thing and like when he started to put like he, he made all these cool just cool little things that he liked and then at some point or another decided to kind of conjoin them in a way and then build a game around it so like just from like at its very core it started as this very very nurtured little i care so much about this project in college kind of like just my little projects thing you know and there's just there's just so much care and thought and fucking I don't just care man like I, I just I admit it it's it's everything that artistic like it's 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 everything art is supposed to be it's it's like it's a fucking perfect piece of human expression it's just, it's fucking unbelievable dude it's an unfucking believable thing like not even I just don't I hate calling it a game because it's more than a game it's fucking like I would be out doing other shit. And have this game start to creep into my fucking consciousness. And I would get fucking... I would tear up. Not playing the game. Just what? thinking about... Just thinking about the emotional impact that it has on me. Would make me tear up. Just doing other shit out in the world. While I was playing the game. You know? And... Or while I was in the middle of playing the game. Uh, and yeah, dude. I mean, it's... Oddly, when you playing it... Was less emotional a lot of the time. Because when you're in it, the science and discovery aspects of it are so fucking fascinating and well done. And you are so curious to know more at all times that, you know, the emotional stuff doesn't maybe hit you as hard. I mean, there are still, and I'll, you know, I'll get to, there are moments, of course, of course, the, you know, the, the final run of it in particular, where it like incredibly emotional uh, <laughs> for me anyways. And I think a lot of people based on the stuff I've gathered out in the world of people talking about this that I've consumed after after finishing it but um yeah while blah playing a lot of times you're like so like engrossed and like I need to know the next thing and there's this time loop component of it so you're like in this time crunch you, you don't have time to sit and like 
let it hit you. You have to like, you gotta get more, I gotta get all the information I can get on this time run because I'm gonna get fucking, it's gonna loop and I'm gonna fucking, I gotta make sure I get all this stuff because it was hard as fuck to get here. You know what I mean? So like you can't even, you don't allow, you can't allow yourself to slow down and let it hit you at times uh, because of just the, the the mode of game of gameplay. But um, in general, in general, it is a very emotional game, I would say. But yeah, man, it's like, this is the way I would put it. And like, you know, I, again, I've watched so many of these videos the non-spoiler ones before I finish it, and now that I finished it, even ones with spoilers, um, and like everyone's trying to like, you know, they all say like, I, like I, I text Jab almost daily. I'm like, have you played the full game and beat it yet? Because every day you spend of your life without having experienced this in its entirety, the way that the creators intended, you are robbing yourself of. Because like, once you have that experience and that emotional thing in you. Like I think you are, you will be a better human being the rest of your life. I, that's how fucking what? big of a fucking game and how big of an idea I think this game is built around. It's it is a see all these videos like they they're all trying to like pinpoint why they like why it hit them so hard and like why after completing it like it like and I totally fucking uh, relate to what they're saying in, in this regard. Like once it's gone. Like, you'll you clearly you can't ever get it back because it's a game all about discovery. There's no replay value to this game at all, other than just being in the world, which is is I mean I can I can see just enjoying that. And there's even a mod I found. Someone made a mod for a multiplayer version of it, so <laughs> which is really cool I think, and I almost makes me want to play it more. But in any event, like I think the reason it hits so fucking hard is. The game, the story, is this really fantastic commentary on man or any organism place in the universe. And the insignificant insignificance and shortness of humankind's time in the grand scheme of the universe and like the inevitability of something like even even as relatively small to the universe as, as an individual star's life cycle, which is you know, I don't think that's too spoiler to say that. Like mm-hmm. that's what you're the reason you're in a time loop is because the star explodes. You know, mm-hmm. so you're in this twenty minute time loop, and at the end of the time loop, the fucking sun explodes. So you're trying to figure out you're reliving these twenty minutes, these final twenty minutes of this star system, and you're trying to figure out something. You don't even know what, and like it gives you no. That's that's why. I, I'm sure it. it I, one of the reasons I like it so much is so, it's so very subnautic, and that just drops you in. And like, I don't know what you get. One objective in the very beginning of this very very small objective that just gets you going and able to go out and explore. And then after that, it's like I don't. You do whatever the fuck you want. I don't. There's no. We're not. There's no. You not. We're not telling you a fucking thing. Go figure it out. You know. And that to me is just beautiful. And what true open world game design is supposed to be about. And if you have a list of fucking objectives, it's not open world. You're in a linear fucking track that some asshole is trying to put you into. And this it just says go, just go and check it out. But yeah, it, it's the inevitability of something as small as an individual star's life cycle. Even that is is in the grand scheme of everything meaningless. An entire fucking solar system, you know, and it drives that home and internalizes that in you. And like, I think if everyone thought and grasped, grasped that insignificance better and more, 
I think everyone on this fucking planet would be a better human being. And, like, that's a heavy shit, I know, and I'm fucking tearing up thinking about it. Like, in this game, it's a fucking video game, dude, and it fucking... I, I don't know. I, I, I do not know how you can finish this game and not cry, dude. I really don't. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm what? fucking crying, man. It is so fucking good, dude. It is so good. Is Dang. So good. I don't, I, yeah, dude. I When I finished the game, dude, I bawled. I sat in fucking on this couch and I fucking bawled, dude. It is so fucking good. And then I downloaded, I downloaded the DLC, which... Fucking isn't on Game Pass. Another example. Fuck Game Pass. I had to pay for that. But whatever. I actually felt good giving the creators money directly. Um, downloading it. And the DLC is fucking breathtaking. And brilliant. And incredible. And they did so much. They like... The, the core mechanic of the game... In the original... In the base game... Is this one really... Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, again, I don't even. I don't. Even, it's like you can't say it because you can't even explain something that simple. Because I spent so much of the game not getting that that was a, such an important part of it, and that's why it took me so long to really get going. Is I just the simple, most basic thing maybe in that game I did not think to employ, right? Uh, in the way I should have, and that's what kept me was a, was a real barrier to entry for me. I think in getting traction in my first time playing it uh, way back when. But they. They essentially junk that to some degree for the DLC and do a completely different antithesis of like a core thing about the game. And like the just the fact they had the balls to do it and that is incredible. And then the execution of it is fucking flawless. So so fucking good. But when I finish the game again, which even the way they do that is fucking crazy good, it's uh, I don't even know how to explain it. But when I beat the game again after DLC, I fucking sat there and fucking cried harder. It's so <laughs> what? fucking, dude, it is so what? fucking good. It is so fucking, oh my God, man, it's just, it's so fucking incredible. It's so fucking incredible. And like, yeah, dude, like I, I just like, it's fucking, it's, it's just fucking beautiful, bro. It's fucking beautiful. It gives me hope for mankind and the, like that the creation of art can really affect others and accomplish something at an emotional level that makes the world better around it and that it's just it's fucking everything that the creation of anything should be art or anything it's 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 fucking i don't know man it's i it's on a whole other level it's on a whole fucking other level uh, and like like i said dude you got and you google these videos you listen to these people talk about it, they, they spend and I, I just rambled for fucking 10 minutes right like these motherfuckers spend an hour in a video and can't they're just they're just rambling emotional shit that how it like they they talk about personal stories about their moms dying and shit like they just they just fucking lose it emotionally trying to and a lot of them you know and I'm not saying I am but a lot of them can't even by after an hour explain it necessarily why it's so good or you know and they they don't, they don't have like really a thesis to their statement it's just they're so impacted by it that they need to say something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's fucking... Ah, dude. I... Woo, wow. Woo. And, and you found it on Game Pass. That's great. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did. I did find it on Game Pass. I did find it on Game Pass. Yeah. Um... I don't know, maybe, we, maybe we should just take a moment for me to collect myself, Jay. I don't know. Should we move on? I, I, I was going to say, I'm like, how, how do we talk about Captain Skyhawk after this? Like, how, do we, uh, how do we move on from this? Like, yeah, we should have yeah, booked yeah. it. We should have reversed the order today. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, 
So, but I, I had a few other things too. The, uh, I did pop into Trevor Saves the Universe to fully 100% that after we last recorded and do the, the ICJ, the Important Cosmic Jobs DLC they put out. <laughs> and so I got every single green power baby in the game. Uh, the DLC, I wouldn't say, is anything special, even to the point that they, they kind of self deprecatingly admit within the narrative while you're playing the DLC that they point out. It's it's free and not paid DLC, and you get what you pay for, which is kind of funny <laughs> and kind of in the vein of the humor of the game and yeah. whatever. It's just like essentially a collectathon set in a space station office environment of the company that Trover, your little sidekick, had his shitty job in before joining your quest. You know, um, so there's some good comedy bits in there, but I'm not, you know, it it was very much just like, well, I liked this game so much, I'm gonna hundred percent it, even though this kind of sucks. Situation. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Resolution Games dropped the Heroes Hangout for Demio, uh, the themed social environment thing. Have you even seen this yet? What? Sorry. No, I have not. Yeah, they dropped like a, it's like a, it's a, it's a basement. So like you can go within the menu of the game, mm-hmm. there's a new tab on the left-hand side thing, and you can click on that and it opens this old, like real old school Yellow Pages phone book. And in the phone book are the different active rooms that have been created they have a number and they tell you how many people are in there so you can click on the room and you go into this it takes you into this it's like at the top of the steps of this basement going down and it's a basement with it's like um i don't know it's something that would probably have been in like the basement of a popular comic shop or something in the 90s you know it does have an attendant stuff can be bought here but it's more just nerds hanging out you know there's like a there's of course a centerpiece way to enter games of demio you know but it's you know it's social you can hear everyone it and it, it does a pretty good job of like when you're nearby someone they're louder and they get you know so it does a good job of that of spatial awareness i guess there's a an arcade cabinet down there that's like a gauntlet ripoff um really what's it called yeah what's it called uh but what is the purpose of this hangout space to just get you to interact more so you can Right. Yeah, like, fine. It's a, fine. I mean the I, yeah. the the yeah, they're like I think the intent is yes to as opposed to cuz you know, the really the primary there's a demi there not a demo. There's a Discord that right, allows yeah. you to do this a little bit, but it's obviously a very different experience than, you know. So this is supposed PR to be like a live interact come here and do your okay, all right, I can right, see and, that. And figure out who you want to play with and start games, you know, kind of thing. Like we um, we pulling together a rookie game or we pulling pulling together a high level high level right, run yeah, here. Exactly. Yeah, and you can yeah, you can you know, you see it's okay. it's it's the avatars just like in the game, they now have a body that you can the and there's dumb shit. Like there's a there's a little closet where you can wear shirts and they're all like you can take shirts out and they all have like knockoff eighties, like a karate kid knockoff and like <laughs> Ghostbusters knockoff yeah. and like all these little, you know, fun t shirts and stuff. So you can maybe personalize yourself a little bit. There's the arcade cabinet, there's this little archery, the sucker arrow archery game you can play. Oh, yeah. okay. They they have a, a film projector on a table and it's projecting the Discord. Onto it's projecting the, wall. the Discord. That's funny. right, so you can see people talking the Discord, which is you know it's an interesting idea. Huh. I, I do wish it kind of because it only plays the general um, thread of the Discord. So it'd be nice if there was some way to like change, change it to it. The, the the finding a game and the different categories. Um, hmm. So you could cause, yeah, especially the finding a game one because you that's the one I most want. It's the one I use at all. I don't really use any of the other ones. Uh, and you know that the purpose of this thing in particular is to, I think, get you into a game in some way in a more uh, whatever way. And like the find a game 
Discord would be one way you could look at that in the game and then either type into it in some way from there or at least open your phone and type into it. All right. If someone's looking for a game there, you could be like, I'm in Hangout 4. Come to Hangout 4 and we'll start the game. You know, like there should be a way for that, I think, to integrate. Um, so, you know, and, and like the uh, it, it's a cool idea and I see why they did it and wanted to build that component of their of that game world you know yeah uh but i think it ultimately you know i don't think it i i, I can i think i can tell by the way i don't feel like it's getting used all that mm. much like it was you know popular at first but like you go in there i go in there on, an, on a night now and like there might be one or two rooms that are, have something going on it and you go into it and like you know there's fucking kids in there doing dumb shit <laughs> trying to shoot each other in the head with the fucking arrows and stuff and like yeah. it's just not it just it it that's probably the biggest detractor from it is that there's no way you either you can start a private room, but then who's yeah like how many people do you know? Yeah, you're not gonna meet anyone. So, I mean, <laughs> if you had a if you had a group to invite, this would probably be awesome. This yeah. would be really cool if you already had a nice big group of players. This would be fucking a really cool way to congregate virtually. No question about that at all. It's but, almost yeah. like it almost sounds like the beginnings of what could be like the guild system that's used in ESO. We're like, hey, we have our yep. our guild channel. Like, whenever you're playing, just drop in the channel For number sure. 45. And I, I got a story us. about Walkabout. Yes, and if yeah. you can curate that... I got a story about Walkabout. We get to the end here that just happened to me, and like, oh, that's fucking cool. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think it'd be great for that. But the you know the the, the core purpose of it to develop those relationships, yeah, I don't think is it's it's working because of you know honestly probably mostly because people are shitheads and they need to play Outer Wild so they're better people is what needs to happen actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I, I will say I think that system. And the way ESO does guilds, like, because the way I've experienced it, like, really works. Like, if that can be implemented in different ways in other games, like... Is it a visual... No, no, no. That, no, no. Uh, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's it's easy because in that system, you have... Each guild has, like, their own voice channels and own... But, like, even if you had the exact scenario you're talking about now, but the ability to say, like, hey, these are going to be my channels, like, like, this is my channel number, you know what I mean? Or have your own channel so that whenever all the people you know are online like as you build people your network like hey they can find we're always going to be here and that and you know that's exactly yeah walkabout it still could need some work and some development but walkabout has that with that private room name okay so like that name never goes away like Ah. you can you like that like you know like um, you as long as it's an obscure enough thing that people wouldn't just guess it and who the i don't know who's in there just guessing names anyways but if they, you know, whatever. So as long as it's a, a specific enough thing that someone would have to deliberately type it in to find it, you could easily do that and curate who has access to your room, even if it's not a private setting, you know. And I like yeah, it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 cool. But, you know, you still have whatever. There's but I think, honestly, that, that type of functionality is just going to be needed more and more in the future. You know, as, as more people continue to play casual and open games and you're able to stream and do cloud, like... You're gonna just need those options to be able to like it's great to meet people unless I gotta be able to privatize it. My own private some games need private servers, other games just need a private room, you know what I mean? Just that though. Agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, so yeah, it's cool and, and yeah, I, I see why they did it. I much rather would have had a new campaign. <laughs> <laughs> of than, course. Than, of than whatever d- development effort they put towards that, I much rather would have had a new campaign. Oh, man. I, I actually almost played that game last night. I was actually going to text you and like, oh, yeah. let's play some Demio. I almost, I almost texted you Dude. to play Walkabout, too, because yeah, I, I have been, I have gotten hot and heavy back into Walkabout because of what I'll, I'll say later. But, uh, 
Yeah, I almost, I almost messed it. Because I, because I, yeah, you know, fuck it, I, I wrote you back. I noticed that you had messaged me a few times, and that that social platform is horrific, dude. I had no idea that you sent me those messages. Really? Yeah, you get no notifications, and if if you, it will, I think it will notify you. But like, it doesn't. If you're not, I don't know, if you're not looking at the right place or something, you don't see what it is. You hear the noise, but you're not gonna stop playing and go, oh, what the fuck was that? Because it sends you dumb notifications all the time. So I'm not gonna, you know, something updated or it like sends you. It makes the same notification yeah. sound for everything. So like, I'm not, and not to mention if you're engrossed in a game, that just flies by. You don't even yeah. think about when you hear that noise. So you know, yeah, it fucking sucks. So I didn't even know you sent those messages. Which is awful. They need to fix that, too, because I didn't even know that you were fucking pinging me in it, you know, which is terrible. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, we ended up playing. uh, We ended up having s'mores outside since it was nice outside yesterday. So Mm. it worked out. Sounds nice. Also sounds nice. Yeah. The uh, I did max out the cosmetic leveling system again, level sixty. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm like a rookie now compared to you. I got the I got the all skeleton shit. I got the fire die. Like it's fucking like every now and again I'll get into a game and you know newer players and they like you walk you go in and they haven't even seen that shit and they're just like the one guy I was playing. I think the last game I played. I haven't played much this week, but. The last game I played, there was one dude in there like, is he would not shut the fuck up about the die and the the skeleton fates. Like, They're so fucking cool. I was like, well, if you waste hundreds of hours of your life, you too can have these meaningless cosmetic <laughs> fucking upgrades. But uh, they're cool for sure. Um, give me the loot boxes. Give me- yeah, yeah. Give me the loot. Yeah, give me exactly, the power yeah. babies. The fucking. <laughs> Our babies in my veins. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it sucks that it caps too. That they, that they need to, you know, they did. I, I already explained before. We're not gonna go into that, but like, uh, it is something that they need to keep that going because it is. It does incentivize you to play. Like, I think that's maybe part of why I've been slightly like when I was at like fifty eight. Like, I would think to myself like. I need to get some fucking experience. I need to get an <laughs> Like, it changed the way you play too because you, when you max yeah. out your experience. It has it has the the thing where you can leave. It's not a thing. It's like it's kind of a glitch, but they haven't fixed it. So I think they're just kind of accepting of it. I don't know. But like you can you go into the store in levels one and two, and or after levels one and two, and you can if there's if there's potions like the adamant potion, mm-hmm. anything any card actually, but potions are usually what you would do this for, or the strength or or swiftness potions. You can buy one. Leave the game, and as long as everyone else doesn't hit the ready thing and they stay not ready, you can come back into the room with the room code, and the store is repopulated. And you have, you know, you you, you do lose, you know, you it takes the money that you spent on that potion last time, right. so it's not like you have unlimited dough and keep getting them, but the store replenishes and you can buy another swiftness potion. So if you have the dough, you can just load up on strength and swiftness potions or adamant potions or whatever the hell it is. Uh, but when you do that, when you leave the game and come back in the store at any point in the game, you know, when you do it, like it happens all the time in the bosses too. People die and get, right. have to come back with the room code because they run out of revivals. When you do that though, you lose the experience that you accumulated. So the, the, ex- the experience that you accumulated in levels one and two go away, you know? So that... It's a trade-off. De-incentiv- yeah, de-incentivizes you to do that shit when you're trying to get experience. But if you're maxed, who cares? <laughs> you know? So, fucking, I'll buy fucking 50 potions. I don't, there's literally no penalty for doing it. So, uh, that's one reason to keep it going and still be able to keep my experience. Nice. So, that happened. I downloaded this survival game called... It's from a Swedish studio called Fast Travel Games, which is a cool studio hmm. name, I think. I like that name. And the game is called Wraith the Oblivion Afterlife. Have you ever heard of this? Not at all. Is this VR? It's a survival horror game. Yeah, it's VR. It is terrifying, dude. It is absolutely 
fucking terrifying. It's one of those games where you have no offensive capabilities, you know? Like, you're oh, just at the no, mercy of no. whatever the fuck this horrible environment wants to impose on you, and you're just running and trying to survive, oh you know? Yeah. And yeah, dude, I don't... It's... We, I think I talked about this a long time ago for Subnautica. Like, that's why Subnautica works for me as a horror game, because you can go into your base and fucking breathe. You know what I mean? These games without that safe zone are too much. It's just, it's literally too much for me. I can't, it's like, I need to be able to fucking decompress for a second and then go back into the shit. Like I cannot just at all times be under, be heightened. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't do it. It fucking is emotionally a drain. I cannot fucking do it. (laughs) So yeah, I've struggled a bit with it, but it is, it is good. Uh, I just, that, Style of gameplay really taxes me, you know. Uh, you, you, and this, the, yeah. the narrative. You're an LA photographer and his assistant, who I'm not even sure enough far into the game might be his girlfriend. I'm not sure. And he was hired by an old, accomplished Hollywood producer who believes he has some kind of entity haunting him in his mansion, and has also hired. He's an old dude, and he and he has hired some seance conductor to come work her magic and try to get rid of the entity in his house and you're tasked with photographing the seance for some dumbass reason. doesn't really explain why that's the case, but everybody of course died during this seance thing. And now you, you and other things are wandering the mansion in the afterlife and kind of just need to figure out how to proceed in wherever, either in whatever, I don't know. (laughs) You know, so like you just need to figure out what's next now that you're, in, in dead and in this fucking stuck in the space and yeah i just i mean it's fucking played for like 20 minutes and like just like gotta break. take a nap <laughs> <laughs> like it's fucking a it's a fucking lot so yeah i've not got into it and like every time i think about playing and i'm like no nah, i'm just gonna play walkabout instead <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you need to I need to like I need to like I need to like literally schedule in my calendar, I think, to play it. That way like my my schedule's built around it and like I know it's happening and like I can prep myself for hours in advance <laughs> and get in there and then put in whatever the time I have slotted for it in and then turn it off and move on with life. Like I think that sounds that's like too much way. work, man. I'm like, eh, I agree. That's- I, I agree. Okay. But I did buy it and it is good and I want and like there's been other games where the same things happen. There was the one on I think it was all the way back on PS4 that I bought that game. That was the same kind of thing. And it's, I forget what they're called, but they're hugely popular. They're, it's a, it was a great game, but it was the same thing. Just mm. nonstop terror and fleeing and no ability to fight back at all, you know? And yeah, it's just, I, 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 I just stopped playing it because I just couldn't fucking do it. You know, I could, and like, obviously think about, you know, of course it's worse than VR. <laughs> yeah. Oh like way worse. Way fucking worse. Yeah, rough, man. Rough, rough, rough. Okay, so the last thing is my walkabout mini golf news. And, you know, I, I kind of had I'd somewhat fallen off. And, like, I even to the point where, like, when I started firing it back up again at the beginning of the week, like, I, I was, like, a little bit rusty and, like, you get pissed off and, like, you know, because the fucking just not as good as I was. <laughs> you know, just because, like, it, does, it is. It's so – the physics are so good that it requires – you have to maintain practice and keep your shit up. <laughs> Keeping you know, up with to, it. What do you know? Right, yeah. To, to to maintain your level of play. But I got invited to the big boy table, bro. I'm turning pro. What? <laughs> <laughs> Explain. <laughs> what do you mean? So I got into a random quick match with an older dude who he was really fucking good. And 
I don't know, just, you know, we just, like, sometimes, I, I mentioned before, sometimes you get into those quick matches with randoms, and sometimes you just hit it off conversation-wise, yeah, yeah. you know? um, A lot of people don't even talk, but, like, the ones who do, you hit it off with some of them, and it's just kind of good conversation. And we're bullshitting, and we, like, ended up battling through, like, three or four matches, like, really good games, and just bullshitting the whole time, and it was, it was pretty cool. And when he finished, like, at the end, he's like, like, right when we were about to go, he's like, oh, wait, he's like, you didn't he, and like he like wait a second he's like you didn't leave yet did you I was like no no I'm still here what's up and he's like he's like I run this uh I run this room his his name his 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 handle he's like it's under that handle he's like he's like stop in and check it out you know it's it's pretty cool he's like if it, if it fills out it's just that plus one like the the number one at the end you know it does fill up you know with it's a, a decent little I don't know membership or whatever people that play pretty regularly so he's like it can fill up sometimes so sometimes it spills over into a second room he's like but it's good. they're good games and you know it's cool to stop in some time and it's kind of like you know whatever fuck you. yeah yeah like i dude earlier a few days ago i had a fucking dude i get into the game he's like just jokingly like he's like want to play for money i'm like never done that i was like I was like, yeah, fuck, sure. I'll like, I'll play. I'll, I'll play for fucking money. You know? He's like, yeah, just you know, ten bucks with Venmo. He's like, he's like, it's like, yeah, I've kind of started doing it. And he's like, it's, it's just, I don't know, it just gives a little more flair, you know, to play. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm good enough at it. You know, and like ten bucks, ten bucks, who cares? Like, yeah, you just Venmo, whatever. And he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I'd say, you know, I don't know. It's like maybe three out of four people actually pay, you know, uh, if 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 it comes. I was like, well, seventy five percent on the internet. I was like, that's a pretty good ratio. That's that's about more than I expect. So I was like, right. that's not too bad actually. So yeah, whatever. So we play, and like I started off really poorly, so it got kind of into a hole, you know. And then some. I mean, we're only you know with those quick matches, it's only nine holes, so oh, fucking pretty, you know, right. super yeah. super short games. But I got into a hole in the first few, and. He had a bad run towards the end, and I ended up beating him. And, like, we talked the whole time. And, like, we had the whole conversation about bailing and, like, you know, whatever. And, like, super cool dude. Really fucking good conversation. And I went up by, like, two strokes at the end and on the last hole. And that motherfucker just dropped. He just left the game before even finishing and didn't pay. I couldn't fucking believe it. Uh, so, whatever. So, my point being, like, you know, you could even hit it off with someone. And, and they still just, yeah. They're still, like, either full of shit or just, you know, who cares? Whatever. People just, whatever. It's on the internet. It's anonymous. People don't really mean right. what they say a lot of time whatever so i kind of just uh sure dude okay room cool whatever and then i was playing a, like a night or a few nights ago and it popped into my head I was like oh, i'll stop in and check that dude's room out see if he's in there so bro it is like the elite of elite players it what? these the yeah the guy that invited me wasn't even there when i when i popped in and these dudes are all fucking wizards man i played like two games and i learned so much shit it was insane it is, um, dude, unreal, unreal. And they, yeah, they're all cool as shit. They're no dickheads. They all know each other. Like, they're supportive as fuck. <laughs> they're, they're, like, super supportive. It was fucking awesome, man. Yeah, I, like, I genuinely felt like I was in some cool-ass Burger King Kids Club shit while I was playing. It was fucking awesome. It was fucking, it was fucking awesome. Like, now, I'm, like, the past few nights, like, I am obsessively checking the room every time I fire it up, you know? So, like, you know, I'll, I'll go in and, like, I'll check the room. Like, okay, no one's there cool and do a quick match with some fucking random have whatever experience and then before going into another quick match i go back and check the room you know <laughs> to see if anyone's in there it was such a good experience it was so mm. fucking cool so you were talking about that with the fucking with the the, the guild and stuff the guild yeah. thing yeah man like when you get into a club like that and it's fucking cool and the the experience is good like that's all I want to do and like see? i said they're so fucking good and i fucking beat them the first fucking and like we like we're playing we did, like, I jumped in the middle of a game, 
Shangri-La. They're playing the hard version of Shangri-La. I jump in on like hole 17 or 16 or something. So I play a couple holes and we finish. We go back to the lobby. They're like, all right, what do you want to play? I'm like, well, the new guy likes anything but the space station. And they're like, all right, cool. We'll just do random. And we get the space station. So, <laughs> so I'm like, ah, oh, motherfucker, whatever. And then I proceed to win. Against these three other fucking elite dudes. And it was fucking, it was, it was a really cool experience. It was fucking fun. So much fucking fun. Nice. Um, yeah, it was fucking awesome. So really cool. Very cool, man. That's, that's exactly how I felt about being in the guilds. Like I would always just nightly, we'd be, just, I'm just jumping on chat. Like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do in the game, but I'm going to get in chat and just see what's going on. You know what I yeah. mean? Cause these people are cool and playing with them is fun. So yep. exactly. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Well, let's talk about Captain Skyhawk. Then yes. That is the Space Dock Weapon Shop theme bringing us into Captain Skyhawk. That's a, a rockin' 80s name. <laughs> Got me excited a little bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, this game is about a situation where aliens have secretly invaded our planet. Their mission? Destroy Earth, as all aliens seek to do. In remote corners of the globe, these evil invaders have built four land bases, each designed to drain Earth's energy and feed... That's in quotations. <laughs> into their space station. In just a few days, the power drain will be complete. Then the alien space station will vaporize Earth with a deadly blast. Only you can stop this whore. You must fight the alien forces, destroy the enemy bases, and blow up the alien space station. But how? Our scientists have created a special fighter jet just for you. The F-14 VTS. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what kind of game is this, Jay? What, what kind of game did you enjoy playing this time? <laughs> it is a scrolling flying shooter. Definitely not a sim, but has some sim aspects, you know. It is. There's a lot going on. There's uh Yeah, it'd be almost hard to define it cuz yeah, there there's Yeah, it has the top gun aspects to it. We'll get it. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it, each one has its own gameplay thing, so we'll talk about those. Yeah. So this was released in 1990, or June 1990, and there's no day specifically to be found anywhere. The first interesting thing I saw on this month in history went down on June 4th when the, this is pretty cool actually, the New York Telephone Company announced it wanted to assign the area code 917 to cell phones and pagers in Manhattan and the Bronx to alleviate a severe shortage of numbers available for Manhattan. So yeah, I think this will be I think this will be very interesting for anyone in New York at all. Any, any exposure in New York would be very <laughs> cool. So this was apparently a new thing at the time. And you know, seeing as numbers for devices weren't that were not landline phones was a relatively new thing to begin with. And yeah. there'd never been a need for this. They 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 coined the term for it overlay area codes was like what they called they they, they designed this system. And it was the North American numbering plan. It was instituted in 1947, right? And they made all five boroughs, NYC boroughs 212, and this is in 1947. And in 1984, the area code 718 was introduced to cover Queens, Brooklyn, and Staten Island, and reducing 212 to just Manhattan and the Bronx, right? So their request was denied by the New York Public Service Commission 
1992, the Bronx would get absorbed into the 718 with the 917 overlay code being assigned to all of NYC for cellular devices. So in 1992, that happened, right? So 718, or rather the Bronx becomes 718 with the other boroughs, Manhattan stays just 212, and then 917 gets assigned to all five boroughs as a cellular area code. And then on February 4th in 1990, the everyone's cell numbers were just changed to the 917 area code, whether they liked it or not. <laughs> so, <laughs> really? sorry, check that, check that. Back in 1992, rather, uh, yeah. everyone's numbers were just changed to 917. Like, this one day your number was different, you know, which is fucking hilarious, especially wow. for people, you know, like in 1992, well, I mean, pagers, no, but... Anyone with a cell phone in 1992 was a rich motherfucker. So they were probably like, fuck you. You're not changing my number. <laughs> you know, like, uh, so that was probably a funny. If you were, how often were you using a cell phone in 92? You know, like, unless you were Gordon Gecko type. Like, how, you know what I mean? Like, That's what I mean. Rich fuckers probably using it all the time. <laughs> they had the fucking thing in their car, just like that thing that was in the, you remember the thing in the mm-hmm. car? It was like a whole part of your console. <laughs> the whole system, had, man. It had the huge. cord, it had the, it had the fucking cord and everything, dude. It was the whole deal. <laughs> I remember being in a car with somebody with that being impressed, like, whoa. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure they pulled it out just to flex. Like, oh, let me let me call your parents. Oh, for sure, for sure, just... for sure, for sure. Who would you like to speak to in the year? It's the first thing you do. A girl gets in your car. You go, who would you like to call? <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm going to call the restaurant ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, probably, uh, probably a lot of really funny stuff. Uh, that, that sounds like a good, a, a fantastic short film concept. Is, right. uh, is is a 1990 car phone user is probably a really funny little premise for a skit. In any event, so shortly after this decision, the FCC ruled area codes would not be restricted to particular types of service, but rather uh, they would just be uh, area based. You know, and even after stating that or, or making that decision, the 917 area or, or area code would remain grandfathered as this cellular specific number, which is why I, I have a 917. That. Yeah, yeah, I remember I, that. I have a 917. My work number, my Google number is a 917 number that is I keep because it essentially roots me in New York, even though I still have my 614 phone number from college that I've always had, you know? Right. So, yeah, this is, yeah, I mean, it's fucking just fascinating to me. I really thought that was interesting that they fucking like all that juggling and that that is the only one in the entire United States that remains dedicated to that. You know, <laughs> it was really interesting to me. Uh, it's another example of just New York privilege. <laughs> like For some reason, I don't know. They're, they're allowed to do it. New York's different. We're yeah. locking them in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jack Kevorkian. Do you remember this dude? Oh, yeah, of course. Dr. Death. He helped a woman in Oregon commit suicide on the 4th of June, and it sparked a national shitstorm over whether he was a murderer. And it's funny that this had cropped up here because the Time Suck podcast I listened to, Time Suck with Dan Cummins, just did uh, an episode on him. Really? I think it was this week's. And, dude, holy shit, is he a fascinating story. The dude is fucking, like... This guy, he has had a crazy ass. I mean, I guess you would probably expect somewhat that he had a crazy life, given what he <laughs> ended up doing later on in it. But uh, very interesting story. Really, a very good listen. I highly recommend. If you remember who that is, you will. I, yeah. There's no chance in hell you will not enjoy that listen. So go listen to that. The the new episode of Time Suck. 
And then on the 12th of June, Mariah Carey's debut <laughs> debut album, Mariah Carey, was released. And I just thought it pretty insane that someone would release their very first album as their name. <laughs> You've accomplished literally nothing at this point. And it just seems very pompous to me. Like, we're know? just we're just getting our name out there. Like, we're just going to do it. It's going to uh, be Mariah Carey. But your Carey, name's Mariah already Carey. on the album. Like, Mariah that's not Mariah it either, Carey. man. Because your name's already on the album. Like, no one is going to say the name of your album and not say Mariah Carey's album, whatever the name is. Well, no, that's what they, that's what they always do. It was like... Their self-titled album. That's what they always said, you know? Right. Which that's fine. you're still not that's saying fine. the name. That's fine yeah. if you're an accomplished artist. But if it's your first you album, fuck you, Jay. No, that you need to come up. You need to do something creative and express yourself and define who you are as an artist. Like, that's a, I think that's a big part of defining what you're but going maybe, to be. But maybe that's what you're doing. You're saying this is Mariah I am Carey. a pompous twat. Here's no, I'm just saying, <laughs> if it, but if it's your first one, unless you genuinely think you're the shit and like this is your telling world, you could just be like, I'm, I created all this art. Here it is. This is me. This is rep- representation of my art. I'm, I'm trying to give the benefit yeah, of the you, doubt. You, you always be. got, you always got some <laughs> fucking positive spin on some shit that's not positive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Anyways, on the 22nd, Florida passed a law banning thongs, G-strings, and bikini tops that don't cover female nipples in approximately 30 miles of state beach parks. So, very eventful month this June 1990. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Artwork, we have uh, the cover art is an illustration of a fighter pilot, Melon, with all the headgear trimmings, the helmet, whatever that Top Gun breathing apparatus thing is called that goes on the front of their faces. Yeah. That, do- that dominates much of it. And they sprinkle in some of the other applicable imagery around him, a space satellite, a fighter jet shooting down uh, in, a, in a squadron formation with some others, a globe uh, down below complete with latitude and longitude lines on it, and yep. then there is a gray band up top on the right edge, on the top and right edge, rather, and a title treatment that looks like a little, like I'd say time and money were spent on it. You know, it's like, well, I think well done. (laughs) And representative of the title. And the back has the Stable 3 screenshots and some unique uh, copy from the manual, or rather some unique from the manual copy. And soar where no man has gone before is the tagline. And one of the image captions I liked, search for secret enemy bases and blow them to pieces. And the phrase blow them to pieces is... I don't know. It's very something. It's very, very nineties, very kid minded. Oh yeah. I, I I'm like, what... that's, I'm very familiar with that. Like yeah, you <laughs> blowing the pieces. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Right. But it's, it's definitely antiquated. It's not common vernacular any longer, you know? Oh yeah. It's, it's like blowing them the smithereens. My right. son last night came home and said that cause he, he was cracking up and I'm like, where did you hear that? He's like, <laughs> at school and this thing, he thought it was so funny. He's like, smithereens, what kind of word is that? It's like, yeah, it's yeah. People don't use it anymore. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's great. Yeah, cool. The manual, which will be in the show notes, as it always is, is 24 pages, including the covers, and Milton Bradley is coming correct here. It is full color throughout in both artwork and screenshots, and on the inside cover is one of those weird congratulations blurbs from Milton Bradley. Congratulations! (laughs) You are now the exciting air com... You now own the exciting air combat fantasy, Captain Skyhawk. This action-packed search-and-destroy adventure has been specially programmed for use in your Nintendo Entertainment System. Please read this manual carefully as you learn to play the game. And yeah, I just is this all. a fantasy though? I don't, I don't know. That I is don't a, know. Fa- yeah, fantasy is a well. I mean, it is because it's fantastical. I mean, aliens coming and destroying the Earth. Uh, I mean, it's sci-fi. And it is is not all sci-fi to some degree or another fantastical? 
I suppose. <laughs> if we really fucking split hairs. I suppose if your fantasy is to like f- to be a fighter or pilot of any kind of way, this could be fantasy. So, yes. so fine, fine, yeah, fine. Fine, fine, fine. But yes, I always think it's hilarious when the, these fucking things <laughs> congratulate you for paying them $50 or $60 for their game. Hey, they um, got to they gotta encourage that, make you feel good about it. Like, hype. you love this. You're yeah, great. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. Yeah. Pump, pump the hype. After a couple of synopsis objective pages, we get to two pages titled The Battle Plan. And it is nine missions are outlined in the old school dot matrix printer style paper or on the old school dot matrix printer style paper where you had like <laughs> the form feed holes and the side edges you had to rip off after they came out of the printer. Yeah, and that, that's a, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a really nice, cool touch. And they are... All the missions, I mean, are all relatively samey and in line with the expectation of this being the format of the game. Um, you have a land mission where you destroy an enemy base, you pick up something or drop off something, and then um, or destroy the base. And then you have an air-to-air combat sequence that's kind of dogfighting, a little simulation-y, and then we have the dock with the space station sequence. That gets you into the fucking shop. And the ninth mission is simply destroy enemy space station, though. So they nixed all the tiers. I thought that was interesting. And then page nine is titled Weapons Chart and has a breakdown of your offensive firepower. So we can go through those. And we have a cannon. We have a Phoenix Air Intercept Missile. We have a Maverick Air to Ground Missile. And then we have Hawk Bombs. And the cannon is unlimited ammo. The others are purchased at the space station as needed slash desired. So you have a limited number of those within gameplay. And they managed to work all these into the gameplay at once without having to cycle through them with the select button or any shit like that. And I think that is a very impressive feat. Um, I, is, I do remember reading this, thinking the same thing, and then yeah. in gameplay, like, all right, so I'm just doing a light tap here instead right, of the yeah. whole no, tap. No, no, Batman shit where you have to hit the start button to go through your fucking weapons, you know. And, oh and that's very cool. I think it does. You know, we always say you got to read the fucking manual. You can't play these games without reading the manual. Don't think you can. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It did make for when I first played it. Like I had no fucking clue what was happening with those. Yeah. Uh, weapons, and you know, you get, you don't even know you have different weapons. I don't think necessarily playing the game. Until you go to the shop and you see that you had different weapons and you can buy ammo for each one of them. And I was definitely like, eh. <laughs> I just didn't use them, you know, and like I was, I was so paralyzed with confusion yeah. that I didn't even use them at first. So, yeah, you have to read the manu- to get, manual to get this. But if you do, the idea that they can work this all in is a very cool mechanic uh, implementation, I think. You can press, you press A for the cannon. So that's like your basic bitch uh, firepower. And then you press B lightly. Press twice. And then, or press and hold are the different ways they work for the three weapons. And, you know, even reading it and having, like, so I read it and I haven't implemented it yet. I'm reading it thinking to myself, like, how well is this going to work? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, well, right, even yeah. in the game, I felt like that. I was like, wait, is this the tap one or am I holding? Yeah. Like, it just. It but, is, it is, it's a lot yeah. to juggle mentally, especially, yes. And like While you're flying around trying to right. avoid stuff to right. be like, oh, wait, is that a tap? Oh, no, I dropped it and there's no one there. Yeah. Ah, you know. Yeah, there's a, you know, I'll get, uh, yeah, we'll get to that, the gameplay stuff. But yeah, I almost want to say it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so we have a couple pages after that of standard HUD stuff. And uh, the system explained here for the economic system was notable to me. You get one credit for every kill managed while playing. And those credits are then available for use in the space station supply depot at the end of the mission. And I hear that. I don't have an exact math. Formula for no, you, even after I playing the game. The same way. I, I don't exactly. It's definitely not just one to one. I would kill things, and then afterwards, I'm like, I feel like I should have got more. <laughs> I <don't laughs> yeah, know. I don't know exactly how it computes it, but 
It, I mean, there is correlation, no question, but uh, the exact math problem, I don't know. The next eight pages are dedicated to explain the various unique gameplay scenarios you'll encounter, and this is really done well and a testament to the importance of manual consumption before playing an NES game. <laughs> so you just in the destroying enemy bases situations, you have dogfighting, you have space station docking, space station docking, you have weapon depot commerce, you have supply drops, you have scientist pickups, you have alien space station destruction, and lastly, entering your high scores, the most important, of course. <laughs> and you all, you get a full page explaining how the fuck they all work, you know? So it does a very good job of like, this is how this mode of gameplay works. Yeah. Next next topic, you know? And just some of the things I, I clocked here, the speeding up and slowing down mechanic for avoiding enemy chase planes in base destroying missions is, I think, especially in hindsight, a particularly critical thing to know. You know, when you're doing those land missions where you have the dogfighting things that I told you I liked so much. <laughs> uh, if you don't know that, and I didn't at first, it it change, it's very it makes it very difficult. To, it makes those particularly difficult to not understand that and, and understand how to do it. And, like, you have, to, you're, you have to hold down and hit select to slow down and then up and select to speed up. And you just never assume that in a million years playing the game, you know. So you like, why to. would you do that? Like you're involving the select button again, <laughs> right? right yeah. yeah. So yeah. So between this and the weapon use stuff, they're jamming an awful lot onto an NES controller here, and it's you know, sink or swim, baby. Let's see what you got, rare. That's that's where I was after reading the manual, and we have. Towards the end here, full pages for both notes and high scores, uh, and I always dig when they include that shit. And then the back cover has a Milton Bradley Game Counselor hotline number, and those Samaritans are available 8 a.m. to 4.45 p.m. Eastern Time, should you need their guidance. Maybe, Jay, did you try giving them a call when you were having difficulty? Dude, no. I, <laughs> you know, if I called that number and it's some random number, like, uh, no, we don't we don't support this game anymore. What are you talking about? Yeah, that would have been, been fun, though. I, I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> Just to see if it was still an available number and who would answer. It definitely... I mean, it's probably a number. <laughs> Clearly, it's not a game console it's, I would not gonna, expect, it's, but It's highly doubtful that it's Milton Bradley of any kind, and it's absolutely... But, like, Milton question. Bradley still exists, so, like, right. that's if that's I mean. still a number, though, it, what is it... Like, who yeah. does it route to? That's what right, I'm more exactly, curious yeah. about. Like, is this the board game division now? Call, call, and they're call. like, what are you talking about? You know? Jay, we have editing capabilities. Let's just do it right here now. Five, two, five, three, five, four, five. Oh, man. Oh, it's only Monday through Friday, though, so we're definitely not going to work. But we'll, we'll still see what happens. Michael, this is Josh with the Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. We were calling to discuss some difficulties that we're having in the game Captain Skyhawk on the Nintendo Entertainment System, and the instruction manual that I'm looking at here has your number as the the game counselor that is available, and I understand it's not Monday through Friday right now, it's a Saturday, so I apologize for calling in off hours, but if you give me a ring back when you get a chance, my number is 614-291-3028, and... Uh, 
yeah, I, I, we we're having some trouble in the dogfighting land-based missions that I think maybe uh, some counselor help would really assist with. So I uh, look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much, Michael. <laughs> That's <really> great. <laughs> I'm never not calling that number when I say my <laughs> I'm never not doing that. <laughs> right. P.S. Uh, I.E.E.G. <laughs> By the way, that's not my phone number. So if you call that, you're not going to get me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Magic? You said games and magic? What is it? Card and magic? It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, something, you call yeah. a magician? It's the magician's number now? What? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, that was fucking fun. We're not, that's a new segment. Just we just we just birthed a new segment on the Impressional <laughs> Podcast right there for fucking sure. Calling but, all phone numbers going forward. <laughs> call all every phone fucking phone number I see ever again. Yeah, that was fucking fun. Okay, uh, Jay, well, any notable history? That went for, uh, no, absolutely. Other than not, other than Magic Mike here being the fucking right? guy handling the counseling <laughs> now. <laughs> Uh, no, surprisingly, there was nothing on this game. I could not believe there was literally nothing on this game. It's not entirely unbelievable. <laughs> there is also, uh, I don't know, actually, I would say there probably is some really interesting fighter jet math I could have cooked up, I think, come to think of it. But I'm way too fucking busy with work right now to find time. So sorry, disciples. I'll do better next time. high score theme of Captain Skyhawk bringing us into the playthrough of this baby. And the title screen's up first. It's simple but effective in demonstrating care was shown to this part of the game. You start on a full screen of rainbow-colored text, all legalese from Milton Bradley, Rare, and Nintendo's various roles in the project, yada, yada, yada. And (laughs) instead of just a cut or fade out of this, the text begins to fall off the screen a few at a time and then kind of speeds up and is quickly cleared to a blackout. So even that is just like a little touch of care that is extra. And like fr- yep. And from there, the full title screen fades in. Milton Bradley presents up top. The title treatment dominates probably eighty percent of the screen, but in very different font than the ba- than the box art. And Captain, yeah, that's yeah, interesting, right? Captain is in cursive, and then Skyhawk is broken up into two lines, and it's a, a blocky font that acts as a cutout to allow some artwork below to be seen through the letters, which is also cool. And it's, it's a fighter plane and a pilot in a cockpit uh, behind it. And yeah, I mean, this all, <laughs> this all exists in what, in my opinion is very, very close to the Starfield screensaver included in windows 3.1. The just, <laughs> the, just small gray specks flying towards the screen around the edges of the title treatment, you know? Yeah. So a lot of fun stuff going on there. And then a simple music ditty accompanies this that plays for a bit before it cuts to a screen headlined today's greatest heroes. And this is the high score screen that the music we heard coming into this segment accompanies. And I couldn't find anything about this having been made in arcade cabin prior to coming to Nintendo. And I just don't see why this was included in a game like this that was developed exclusively for the NES, you know, and that's above and beyond. You know, we've taught that we've had a million conversations on this pod already about how, you know, like any, the just, they do it anyways, even though it doesn't matter. And when you turn the system off, it fucking resets it. It doesn't matter. Like those, you know, there's a ton of games where it include where that's included anyways. But they all have some sort of like arcade 
background to them. Even yeah. if even if it's not a direct identical port, there's some sort of lineage arcade thing to it, I feel, in most cases. This does not have that, and I wouldn't say it has an arcade feel even, you know, because of like, you know, all those different games, it's just different, I think. So I just don't see why this it's weird to me that it's here in my opinion. Right? Like this definitely screams arcade. I'm like, yeah, this is definitely an arcade cabinet like that, right? right? <laughs> yeah, not the case that I can find anyways. The text is that same rainbow font, and behind it is a cool line animation that reminds me somewhat of a DNA helix, you know? Yeah. So, again, just like another little extra thing that didn't need to be there that they took some time with. And well, because it's it's the whole arcade feel still. Like, even if they're developing it directly for the NES, it's sure. like we know people love the arcade experience. That's still Smug. called at this time as, like, the yep. high class type of thing. So let's let's throw that in there at the beginning. You know? Give it the flavor, sure. Yeah, I can buy into that. When you hit start, you get a quick look at the game title treatment from the box art in well-translated pixel art uh, before getting into the game. So interesting that it's the that it's on the primary title screen in a different style. And this kind of suggested to me that it was probably a late addition in the development timeline after the market artwork had already been our marketing artwork had already been cooked up. You know what I mean? To, to do this, so or somehow like they were designing that one, and like the market like a different team was designing a right. box art, and they were like, well. We'll we'll just include them both. Yeah, yeah like, they're both. You know they're what both I mean? Good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so random. From there, you are shown your first mission objective, and it's a somewhat confusing depiction of the destroying of an enemy base. And the top half of the screen is pointing out the little sensors you have to blow up, and the bottom shows your fighter jet bombing the shit out of a base. And uh, that probably sounds straightforward and helpful, but I think if you hadn't read the manual first, this would not mean much to you. <laughs> no, dude. When I look at this screen, I see. Four Kirby characters across the top, <laughs> and a big Kirby character like spitting white stuff at like like you know like that's just immediate. It just looks like Kirby. Maybe I spent too much time playing with the kids, but like that's what it looks like to me. So like after yeah. after like pause it and examine closely for what we're even looking at here. I'm yeah, like, oh, I, okay, okay. Yeah, no, I played through, and I'll, I'll, I even, I think I even have my notes mentioned when it clicked over to me and made sense, you know. But at first, I definitely didn't, you know. And and you know, honestly. Yeah. Yes, I read the manual for these, but there is still some, like, that's the work part of this. Like, I do the manual before I play the game. And, like, that is, like, the part of this process for the pod where I'm just, like, I can't wait to get through it so I can start playing the yes, game. Yes, you know? exactly. So, like, I'm doing my best to internalize that shit and then process it and use it to apply to intelligent, in my perspective, analysis, <laughs> the best I can anyways, of these video games, you know? So... There is some, like, no matter how much I try, I'm still kind of blowing through those a little bit. So, you know, yeah. not everything lands on me maybe the way it should and certainly could have when you were a kid reading this in the back of the car on the way home where you're really fucking like, ah, <laughs> you know, I need to get all this information, you know. So, not exactly the same. But, yeah, I, I definitely did not know what the fuck was on those screens uh, when I first was playing this game. They do also have its own dedicated music on this screen, though, and it's cool. Then Captain Skyhawk starts. And normally we talk about the controls in the HUD in a general sense at this point, but there are different kinds of controls in HUD situations, so we'll talk about each of those in each phase of Mission 1 here. So, in Mission 1, Mission 1, the land-based portion is a destroy enemy base directive that you have. And that will be the case in every mission where you start with a land-based deal. And how to even begin describing these, Jay? <laughs> I mean, this is the flying shooter part, which... I thought I would like, you know, like this is like you're taking off 
right? Like it, everything is just the geometric shapes background. So it's not like realistic, but it looks 3D. So it's like, all right, you know, I like the 3D feel from the geometric shapes. I'm taking off. Let, let's go. And then it's, I don't know. There's At first, there's so much stuff flying at you. I'm like, <laughs> what? what is something that's going to hit me? And what is just explosion debris? Yep. And like at first, I was just moving away from everything, and I'm I'm hit running into stuff that I shouldn't be because I'm just like ah, it's what is it all? Right, yeah. Until I like paused it and internalized the difference. Like okay, the debris I can hit, that's fine. I can't hit this. Obviously, the, the projectiles coming at me, they look different. I can stay away from or those, the mountains <laughs> or the freaking mountains, which are fucking everywhere. Yeah, right. And how much of the mountain you can kind of slide by and not blow up? Yeah. There is, yes, it is. I mean, you know, we talked about this when we were deciding to play this, and I initially bumped into it in the mag. Like, there is no question, there is no arguing, I don't give a shit how much you like this game, there is no arguing that there is a startup emotional cost to getting used to, particularly these land things, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, feeling out what you can and can't do because it is not, you know, like I never said this phrase but video game obvious you know it is not there, there, there is like a certain code and you know they are time specific era specific i suppose codes but there is a certain video game code to you know this era of video game in particular with yeah. the flying shmup and i don't think this one adheres to all of them and uh, at least not maybe in the in the most normal ways so you know that that no question is is tough at the beginning yeah you got to kind of figure that out to be able to really navigate these with any fucking confidence or yes. success you know so it's it's tough so, yeah, that so you- the, that's the key i think that's exactly it there's a code to most of the games from this area you know if you're playing mario you keep your thumb on b so you can run fat like there's a certain things right. you know you do and this one it didn't operate like i thought it would operate and it yeah i think that's the key that's what yep. exactly what it is man for sure <laughs> so yeah so you're flying very near the ground and this is mm-hmm. you know each one not each one actually but the levels uh, can be different this one is a mountain range area where you're navigating the valleys between these mountains it's all green there it's an isometric grid laid out over the train like you mentioned and it, including the it, like that's there not just for aesthetic i don't think though it does give it like kind of this tactical map mm-hmm. feel but i think that's more about Given you an understanding of the altitude differences in terrain, which is critical because you control your altitude in these fucking levels. And, you know, you can only go so high. You can't just fly up fucking anywhere. So there is like a ceiling to it. But. And I played through the whole game. I'll, I'll spoil that now for listeners. I played through the whole game. I. Do is there a reason to ever not fly at the maximum altitude? I was going to ask you the exact. <laughs> I was going to. I was waiting for you to finish, but I almost cut you off to say, "But Josh, is the exact question? There's no reason. I don't think there that, is. That's yeah. what I thought. I even tried it, and I went lower, and I was like, "Why? Why would I do that? There's more stuff to run <laughs> well, into." Well, the only reason you do it is, I think, because you can control it, and <laughs> it adds difficulty because you're, you know. It's just down, you know, or up, yeah. sorry. So if you hit, you know, like you're playing, you're fucking, yeah, it's fucking frantic as shit playing these, some of these land missions. So like just fucking whacking your thumb around that fucking D-pad, you're going to hit up a little sometimes. And like, mm-hmm. you're like, oh shit, you got to pull back up, you know, which, you know, I almost want to say as that comes up my mouth. Maybe that's the th- the reason. That's the, that would be, if I, you were, if you were flying a jet fighter that close to the ground, 
probably same kind of shit happens. You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I'm not a pilot, certainly not a jet fighter pilot, but I bet it's kind of frantic like that. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, I could, I guess I can kind of feel that maybe they were, maybe it was mildly intentional, but yeah, I definitely did the whole game like not sure whether I needed to ever dip lower. You know, like I, like I don't, like you fly over enemies sometimes instead of getting them with their gunfire. And, like, I don't even know whether I'm blowing them up. Like, yeah, there's a lot of times where Mm -hmm. you can hit a thing that is seemingly on the ground with your cannon fire and or what I'm pretty sure I'm using the missiles that are not. Well, they're air to ground missiles. Maybe you can't even use the air to air ones in land missions, perhaps. Maybe that's the answer to this question that all your projectiles Mm -hmm in the land missions go to the ground and you can't even instead of hitting the well because n- n- i feel like sometimes i hit the flying one though but that's that kind of makes more sense because i would have the exact same experience like i'm not hitting i'm not sure right yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is too you're just holding that cannon button right pretty much so who knows if that's killing a thing you think the other thing the other projectile the other your B, but your B projectiles. I wonder if it's also a strategy thing, like the ability. A, of course, if you're flying a plane, you're differentiating yourself from other flying shooters that have no depth by being able to do that, even if it's not particularly helpful. But <laughs> I guess it would be helpful because we know in the manual that you get more power ups, more weapons for killing right. more enemies. So if there's ground enemies that you could easily just kind of fly over. Maybe you need to go low to ensure, like, if you were going low and controlling your speed to try to hit everything, you know, right, exactly. you could maybe you can employ a completely different strategy if you had right. the time and patience. If, if time and patience, and yeah, time and patience, I you know, the word, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's how they work. And then you do have a HUD at the bottom of your screen. There, it lists your altitude, your speed, which is labeled POW. Pow. <laughs> and uh, you have your fuel meter and airspeed counter next to your speed meter. And the of your lives remaining, and you have the counts on all three non-unlimited weapons, and a score counter as well. So you know, typical fighter plane stuff. And yeah, you do start on a runway. At least that's what I interpreted it as. So it's good to hear you say the same. Set at the bottom of the wide valley area, and as soon as the runway ends, the shit begins. And there is a small mound of something there, and the center of it opens up and shoots a projectile into the air. And this is like the first enemy you encounter, right? And it's not really shot at you. It's just more kind of lobbed straight up in the air, and you need to avoid it, you know? And I think mm-hmm. this is the first of many enemies I'm not sure we'll be able to say much about. Like, Right. You know, I'd call them all kind of just like different jumbles of sprites that lo- that that they all kind of lob their attacks, and it's the same sprite for every one of them. So you can't even like, you get when it gets really busy, it's all the same projectile sprites Mm -hmm. so it's you know and even the ones that do have different flight paths because they're different sprites it's just you know you're it there's a little bit of just randomness to it (laughs) that makes it not the best experience i guess as far as flying smup shit goes and yeah there's other ones here there's what i'd call wind turbines that can move around there's rc pro-am cars there's helicopters yeah and they all kind of buzz around in a predetermined jitter i might call it you know Mm -hmm. like it's like a very uh, centralized movement pattern. They don't have a lot of yeah. like back and range. forth or left right. and right or just yep. kind of, yeah, yep. limited. Yep, yep, yep. 
And uh, I do feel like it's a bit random when you actually get shot down by one of these fucking things. And that, you know, that, that often the projectiles even would pass right through my sprite at times, you know. So, and like, mm. the, the, it's tough because you have that altitude difference, or altitude variance rather. So, like, you know, you all, I don't even know if you can criticize them for it. Like, is it just a lower projectile? Like, and that can't explain mm. it, you know. And like, the tough thing is there's just no way to interpret that as a player, you know what I mean? So the, it, it, it just feels random, you know, and that, and that never feels good for a video game. So regardless of what the intent is, I think the interpretation for most are going to be that. And that is a, a tough aspect of the gameplay here. So, I mean, yeah, for me, I, I mean, I don't know about your strategy, Jay, but if you, really the thing is just keep it moving horizontally, you know, not like as long as you like really do intentionally avoid the obvious dangers and you keep yourself moving, you cannot stay stationary. Like, they do, they must have some level of homing capability and some level of detection. Mm. They are not just firing randomly because you stay in one spot, you are going down for sure, you know. So if you keep it moving and you do make the effort to avoid things and don't run into fucking mountains, like, you can get good at this. You still will have some deaths that are kind of like, how the fuck did that happen exactly? But you do feel, I did feel a increase in competency and the results I got from that competency as I played through the game. Like I got Hmm. better, you know, I did feel that um, progress, which is also critical, I think for a video game, you know? Uh, So I could see that. I could see that. I, (laughs) (laughs) you've already, we've already revealed that you did not have the best experience for this. I think that's already been conveyed. I was waiting because we had this week where we were supposed to. We were supposed. To, we, I wouldn't mention that we were supposed to record last week. Jay had technical difficulties, so we did not record. So we spent a whole another week after we were. And we already took a long time to get this fucking episode, yes. even if we'd recorded last week. So we had a lot of time to play this game, and we had not spoken at all about the video game between last week and now. I was kind of waiting slash kind of hoping slash thought how interesting it would be for all the shit you have talked up to that point for us to get on this week and you to go like I played it more and okay. <laughs> I knew I knew you up. might think that. <laughs> no, that is not the case. Yeah, I, I had every intention. I was like, well, I mean, I didn't intend this, but maybe I'll give it more time. But yeah, man, I, I never my whole thing, I've kind of I've kind of changed my approach to these games that we're playing. You know, like depending on where we are where we are and what's going on, like I first of all, I never try to look at videos and things, you know, I never try to spoil it, you know, just in general. And so I never watched any videos on this, and I just was like, no, I'm just going to try it. And just, I'd, I'd never tried the back and forth because I don't do that on flying games. And you know, I love flying shooters, and normally, like, just going back and forth, spraying it, like, I'm usually trying to spray everything, but this one seemed so, if I moved too much, I was running into something. And so, like, I felt like I needed to stay more stationary. So because of that, like, I just, I, I clearly did not find the secret, and it just... Yeah, I continued trying different stuff, trying to kill things, trying to kill everything, even trying to move up and down a little bit to see, like, maybe I can just get more missiles and maybe that's a secret. That clearly did not work. I needed to stay high altitude. Yeah, I, I did not get much farther. Yeah, seeking <laughs> seeking combat. One, yeah, increases difficulty immensely. And yeah. what is already can be a difficult game if if not approached the right way. But it also 
is not there's no value to it you know like the by the end of the game once and we'll get there but by the by the end of the game powering that cannon up spoiler listeners holy fuck do that and worry about that only spend all your credits on powering your cannon up don't worry about those fucking missiles they're meaningless like the the torpedoes are a li- are not torpedoes but the air to air missiles are a little bit useful in the dogfighting stuff but generally speaking cuz that cannon you can hit the it, it's cool actually because and I didn't even realize this at first but like cuz I was doing the hit 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 thing because your fire rate initially is so slow so like mm-hmm. it's faster to hit it you know but that makes it harder obviously to play the game and it's just fucking tiring you know literally the first couple levels like i my hand was fucking tired because <laughs> you're just jamming on that fucking cannon button you know right. and the buying the the cannon upgrades increases your fire rate just holding the button mm. so you get that thing to max power and it is basically a steady stream of death you know it like there is no interval in your shot basically to some degree so like once you get that fucker up you're just annihilating shit you know mm. so but in the, in the air-to-air stuff you still because of the mechanics of it and the way it works you can still especially if you are trying to kill things as opposed to just kind of survive the uh torpedoes can get things that you don't necessarily are able to get to because of the way that it works you know so there is some value in those but generally speaking the I, the I, the land-based missions not no no interest you're going to kill some stuff anyways if you do actually want to replenish fucking stuff. You have the dogfighting one too after this, so you have both to go through before you get to the shop even. So it's not even like you have to, you know right. what I mean? Like there's just so much, there's just no incentive to, to really engage in the land-based missions. So yeah, if you're trying to do that, you're, you're, making, you're making your life harder than you should, should be for sure. There's no question. <laughs> and we haven't mentioned it yet, but this is a one-hit death game. So if you get popped, you're going down and you're losing a life. And yeah. you do restart... From right around where, like, the same place you went down, as best as I could tell anyways. So there's that to be said for that aspect of it. And lives do, you do have a reasonable amount of them, I think, to get through a level. If you have a full life count, even 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 kind of recklessly, you can get through a level, I think, with a full life count. You know, so it's not, I don't think it's, uh, you know, it's not It's not too stingy on, on the, the, the that aspect of it. And you do have continues and I never found, I mean, I was safe coming. So that's why I didn't find about it. I, I assumed that it was unlimited. So you have a good number, but apparently not unlimited. <laughs> Definitely not in my, yeah. Starting over. I'm like, no, I, yeah. <laughs> Frustration for not, not unlimited continues. Like I had hoped I'll put it like that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you have to be, I think, yeah, the most important thing is being mindful of those elevated land masses. And in this case, they come in the form of large pyramids in the middle of the valleys, as well as constrictions in the mountains themselves that will funnel you into tight spaces that you need to veer into. And the play field is actually wider than one screen. So mm-hmm. you will scroll the field of view as you enter these stretches off to the right and left, you know. So that's interesting that it has that kind of a – it reminded me a little bit of – was that heavy barrel? I think where it was like a, it was oh, a, ver- yeah, a vertical yeah. scroller that has more than a screen of width, you know, and that's I think that's an, a cool effort on on the development behalf too. So that was kind of a, a cool thing. And this all this first level goes for maybe I don't know 30, 40 seconds before the valley opens back up to full width, and a new music track kicks in, signifying it's boss battle time. <laughs> And 
And the boss is an enemy base, as promised prior to the stage. It is a diamond-shaped structure with targets on each of its four points, as well as another structure in the dead center. And all five of those need to be blasted to smithereens. There's your word, Jay. And uh, <laughs> the center one appears to have some electrical field that kind of maybe protects it or something until the others are gone, but who knows, because Nintendo. And <laughs> uh, all, all but the bottommost point of these targets shoot the same little gray projectiles in all the previous enemies fire. So again, you don't even get different projectiles from the boss here. And I wouldn't say the interval is too bad, and you can pretty easily time them out and veer away as the bullet passes and swing yeah. back the other way to lay down fire, kind of just with a nice steady weave, it. I guess. And yeah, it's very fucking easy. Like, you have to be really fucking around to die on these, I think. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I, I spent many lives on this level before beating it, but not on the boss. <laughs> you know, getting here. Yeah. Once I got here, I was like, okay, this, this is the pattern. We're good. Yep. Once you frag it, the the structure, it, the screen flashes colors and then cuts to a screen similar to the mission assignment one prior to the stage. And it reads, congratulations, enemy base destroyed there in the bottom half. And then there's a tally of something that is represented by red dots, though I, as I mentioned earlier, can't really decipher the system. Like the last one was half the size of the seven that preceded it on this very first time I was completing a level. And I don't know if that means less money, like a half or what. I don't know. And then there was this A times 100 to the right of them. They are counted away as bonus points and then added to your total points at the bottom of the screen. So they influence both your currency in the shop as well as your point total for the high score screen. Hmm. So I don't, yeah, I just don't know. <laughs> and then the, the bottom half of the screen then scrolls to some pixel art of a fighter jet with some text next to it that reads, Destroy Enemy Fighter Planes. And I actually turned this into our cover image on the Facebook page for a while. I don't know something about it was funny to me. Just the phrase destroy enemy fight. I don't know. It's missing an edge. It's missing a, something, an operator or something in the sentence. It reads funny to me. And then we do exactly that. The screen cuts to a from behind view of your badass F-14 VTS. And a, it's got a small crosshair out in front of it. Uh, very Top Gun-esque, I would say. And there's no taking off. You're already airborne. So that's that's one leg up it has on Top Gun. <laughs> I feel like this is the most sim-like part, for sure. For sure, yeah. You know, of course, yeah. I so, yeah. I want to like this part more, man. Like this, the controls took me a minute to get used to. Like I, I was just missing them. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why are they flying by? Like, I'm, I'm sure. Speaking that's of part hand of the getting game, tired, man, but... you like your left hand gets tired because yeah, you are constantly in motion and chasing those fuckers, you know. So yeah, yeah. it is no question a, it it it's a physically taxing for by any standards sequence of the game. So, yeah, you're airborne, and water takes up the bottom half of the screen. A blue sky with clouds whizzing through uh, it takes up the top half, and we have red, blue, green, and gray planes fly out in front of you from behind as well as approach from the front and whiz past you out of view. So, you know, it's aerial dogfighting, dog and it's pretty standard-issue stuff, I think, as far as that goes. Generally speaking, though, I do think it controls well and better than Top Gun if you need an NES benchmark. And, like, you know, the thing, like, Top Gun is, like, very... I don't know, man. It's like you don't – it's like I remember in Top Gun, it is so much effort to scroll your crosshair to the right and left to catch things, you know. This felt a lot more fluid and the way I think a fighter jet should feel like this. Very... I feel like the right and left was much easy, much easier yeah. on this one for sure. Yeah. Like up and down was kind of harder to me. But if something was left or right, I was like, all right, that's easy. Yeah. I'm grabbing you. Yep. 
So yeah, it felt pretty good and, and sensible, I think. The NPC planes evade attack in mildly intelligent fashion, I think. Your gunfire success seems kind of right, and the explosions feel good, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, like, yeah I, mean, I, I enjoyed these as well. And, you know, it's kind of like after the stress level of the land sh- things, these are much less stressful. And, like, they get harder as you go through the game. So I'm not going to say they're all easy, and you certainly can die, but... If you are minding your P's and Q's and you're not being too aggressive, particularly with those oncoming planes, it's you can stay alive without too much trouble, you know. And that uh, it felt good, you know. So the sequence ends as unceremoniously as it begins. It just cuts back to like you just you shoot a bunch of planes, then all of a sudden there's no planes, and it just cuts back to that mission wrap-up screen with the text "Nice shooting, enemy planes destroyed" at the bottom, and again with the red dots and the 5.5 I had on this. First run through definitely did not equal the number of planes I'd shot, which was way more than five or even 11 if you want to say each half dot equals one. I don't know. But whatever. Another score tally in that bottom half scrolls to the next objective, dock with the space station. And your plane is soaring through a starfield space, and then the space station comes into view out in front of you. And it has some like kind of like satellite vibes to it, spinning in place, you know. And there it's got that... 3.1 Windows Starfield shit going on. And and then there in the middle of the of the satellite deal, there's a slot and it's spinning, you know, in the same way the whole thing is spinning and the, the whole of the station. And your first goal is to get your plane vertically in line with the very center of the space station with your up and down controls on your on your D-pad axis. And this is not easy necessarily. And it is very, it's it gets harder, Jay. And and here's the thing, like it can be kind of easy, and you can nail it. But if you, especially if you accidentally get yourself off line of the center, you know, which is very easy to do, hitting because you're just like, it's like little tiny taps to get it right in the middle. So you can be doing that and just get a little bit of right or left in with your tap, and it gets you offline. And then when you're trying to get back online on a horizontal axis. Makes it, it gets tricky. It gets tricky. I will believe, I will trust you. I did not have a problem with it the few times that I experienced it. Okay. So, yeah, this first one is not terribly, I'm not, I'm not saying I wasn't able to do it the first time in this first one, but throughout playing the whole game, I definitely had a few like, fuck, 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 (laughs) you know, kind of, and like, there's really no penalty. I don't, I don't think there's a timer. I never hit it if there is. It's not like, I'm not saying it's stressful or anything, but it is a little bit annoying if you get off line whatever so whatever so you're trying to line up perfectly in the middle vertically and then this thing is spinning so the slot is turning so you basically you want to wait to hit the button until the slot is perfectly lined up with your with your plane with your plane you know and then when you do that you hit b and then your you, your jet starts to barrel roll down towards it and like stays in sync with the space station and you go right through the crack and it, it it is kind of a cool little thing it's 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 one of those things that like the first time you do you're like oh that's fucking cool and fun and then you hit it after every stage and you're like it's the exact same thing and you're like if you're not going to change it in any way then just make it automatic that's <laughs> <You know, laughs> right. how i felt about it so and you don't have to be perfect either like there is i think there's a few pixels you can be off, you know, both in the yeah. timing of the spin as well as maybe the, the whatever. But uh, it is fairly precise, I would say. You have to get it. And if great success, it's time for some capitalistic military budget expenditures in the Space Station Quickie Mart. 
And I already highlighted it in the last Nintendo Power Mag, but the music here is so goddamn good. We already heard it in the first segment. And I got here, and I realized I was completely paralyzed with indecision on how to spend the 24 credits I had at my disposal. <laughs> like, I got... Like I didn't, I hadn't used a single premium weapon in my my either phase of my first, even the first fucking time playing it. You know, I didn't even like, it didn't even think to, I didn't even think to like try it because I, I think I'm, I'm, I might have fired one or two off and like didn't didn't understand what was happening, so I just you know fucking didn't need to buy yeah. anything. You know, so I just I ended up buying the cannons. Uh, that's that's what led to me splurging on those because I was like, I know I use that. Let me try to upgrade mm. that. You know what I mean? And it is, it's like I don't remember the exact math, but like you know, you pay one or two credits for a missile or two or a bomb and then the cannon upgrades I, I want to say are 10 a pop so it's like a it's like a a, a big expenditure relatively speaking to an individual yeah. projectile to improve those so you know there's maybe some level of if you don't know how fucking much how op those cannon upgrades being maxed out can make you you might be de-incentivized to make that bigger spend to get yourself those projectiles that you're using I was immediate. okay I was, and I bought one on accident. Like I just, I hit the button. And I was like, "Oh, spent ten deck on it." You know, it was one of those because I, I bought, I like started off buying four missiles, and then I, I, I went down. You know, because I was like, I don't know what to buy here. Similar experience. I was like, I didn't, I like press the B button. I like use stuff, but I don't know. You know, so I, I kind of just was like, well, whatever. I accidentally just hit the cannon button. Let me just buy a couple more. <laughs> little. Let me just fill it out and see what I can buy, and we'll use it. We'll see if it helps me out during the next stage, you know. Yeah, not I, scientific I, at all. I, yeah, I was so confused. I just, I, I literally, I was, I just paused it and pulled the manual back up for a refresher, you know, so I could like better yeah. f- calculate how I wanted to approach stacking my bandolier. And <laughs> yeah, the cannon was was the obvious no brainer. The so yeah, the, your different options here. The yeah, the Phoenix missiles are your air to air deals. Now again. Where are the missiles? I don't know anything about any missiles. Of course you do. I cannot see, hear, or think of the word missiles without thinking of that movie and that scene. Does it, just saying <laughs> that, have you seen Rambo 3, I guess? Is that, is I've seen question. it, but it does not hold the same. It's not internalized? I, I do know the word. I do. I still have that remembrance of using the word missiles but i don't remember where it came from so yeah. clearly you saying that because I, I i've done that and i'm just like i don't remember where it came from and it's just like whatever the russian commander at the outpost says it when he's interrogating captain troutman in mm. the in the prison he's interrogating him and he's like yeah i mean we you know the listener will have just heard the clip but yeah he's like he's, he's interviewing him he's like He's asking, he's like, where are the missiles? And Troutman's like, listen to him. And he's like, giving him, you know, his fuck you, I'm Troutman face. And he's like, I don't know where any missiles are. And he like says it back to him, you know. And like, <laughs> I, can, I can see, I guess, I guess maybe why I find it so hilarious is, especially as an adult, is I can see the two actors working there. Like, that's the actors working. That was not scripted. That is, <laughs> that is that actor playing Troutman, listening to this fucking Russian, do his guy do his Russian accent, and, 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 and keeps saying that missile shit. And the actor Troutman, or the actor playing Troutman, hears that and throws him a Meisner exercise. You know, it's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's, it's, it is not, that is not scripted. That is 100% improv, and it is borderline an acting exercise, you know. And there's just something about it that is, I just fucking die laughing every time I hear it. It's so funny. Yeah, so that's what I think of. Every time I see the word missiles, that thing <laughs> Yeah, these fight, yeah, the, I don't know. Yeah, the the the, the math and the missiles, it's just I don't know. There's fucking the yeah, the Phoenix ones are the air to airs and 
Those are the ones you use in the dogfighting, of course. Those are two units per missile. The Maverick missiles are the air to the ground, and they're described as being your most powerful weapon in the, in the manual. So these are five units per, you know. And then the Hawk bombs are also air to ground. Those are two units per, so... I don't know. Apply that however you want. <laughs> uh, once, once you're all shored up on the ammo front, you select next mission on the menu, and the game cuts to a pretty cool portal animation where your jet is flying through a wild epilepsy-induced tunnel that I would assume was a warp portal if you couldn't see the star field at the end of it. So it's what what's behind me right now. And it's kind of cool. They, they allow you to control your jet while it's doing this. You know what yeah. I mean? And it kind of reminded me of that Batman moment after you drop Joker, you know, where like it's giving the player free will in a moment where the where NES games usually just autopilot you, you know, which is I like it. I dig it. So then it is on to mission two. And we it's kind of this or not kind of it is the exact same format for the rest of the game that we have just went through. So that somewhat dissipates the need to even speak about it. But we're doing a podcast, so let's do it anyways. The <laughs> the they do, I shouldn't say that. They do change, especially the land-based missions in particular do change up, and in this case, they do. The Mission 2 briefing screen appears with the message, Good luck, Captain, before scrolling to an image depicting your jet fighter flying over an X with a hole in the middle. And the caption reads, Drop supplies and crosses to clear up any confusion of what you need to be doing. And the manual describes these sequences as you're dropping supplies for scientists that are hard at work in underground caverns trying to develop a top-secret weapon, the Neutron Cannon, the only weapon powerful enough to blow up the alien space station. And this supply drop task is going down on the ground mission, obviously, and this time around, your color motif is a mustard yellow, all the terrain and stuff, you know? And I probably wouldn't have thought of this color as corresponding with a particular type of real-world real-world terrain, but very early on, after taking off from the landing strip, you encounter sphinxes. <laughs> like, lots of them. They're, they're everywhere. <laughs> Which is interesting design choice. Uh, but it does immediately convey that you're in a desert. I'll give it that. <laughs> so Palm trees, yep. etc. You're no yep. longer looking at the evergreens, you know. Yep, 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 yep. So, yeah, it's an Egyptian desert, even specifically, I guess I would say. And, yeah, the pine trees are replaced by palm trees. I first noticed that the, that I could hold the A button for repeating cannon fire. This is where I first discovered that, after, especially after upgrading the cannon. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, opens up a whole new door of gameplay. Like, I just, you're just, I'm just holding the button now. Like, I, this is mission two. I started doing this. And granted, I used all of my money, all 24 credits. So I had two upgrades. So I went from one to three on the, on the power. And I think the mm. max is at five, maybe five or six. So, you know, halfway there already after the first mission. So from then on, I was just laying down a blanket of fucking fire at all times with that and pretty much ignoring the B button from here on out. Wow. I, I could see ignoring the B button, but yeah. <laughs> that extra cannon helped. Yeah. So there's a lot of the same enemies to be found in this level, but a few new ones as well. Tanks were one of those, but uh, there were some flying enemies I couldn't even begin to identify also. And there's a lot less elevated land danger in this one, I would say, relative to the first one, which makes sense with the desert, I suppose. Uh, I just flew through the whole thing at max altitude. So anyway, so it doesn't really matter. The, <laughs> the first time I encountered a supply drop cross, I was definitely caught slipping. Like, how did you... Oh, you, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I... I, I, can, I saw it coming, and I was like, oh, there it is. And of course, <laughs> I missed. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Actually, no, I take that back. I think the first time, like, I saw it, and I was like, oh, there it is. And I dropped it, and I was got lucky. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's great. But then, like, <laughs> oh the gosh. next time coming up, like, I missed. And then I missed again. And I was like, how? D- I-, I clearly just got lucky the first time, and I got to actually pay attention and get that shadow drop, like, anticipate it coming, yeah. you know. Yep. Definitely took me a few times. 
Yeah, me too. There, so there's arrows, and yeah, it, it even it does. I think yeah, it does it great. You know, there's so when it first appears on the screen, there are these arrows that move like move towards it from all four directions in a loop, and it's like you know, it's uh, it's not in game. It's like a, theoretically a HUD, yeah, overlay. like indicating here's right. X yeah, marks here's spot target, here. Right. Yeah. So, like you know. I don't know. It, it, there's, there's no missing it coming, I guess. And, you know, it's not like you're too fast. Like, you're not flying too fast. Especially because you're, yeah, you, you don't have the jet fighters in this. So you're flying the normal speed, you know. There's no, you're not you're not sped up in any way. So you're flying the normal scrolling speed of the game. So, that, yeah, there's just no excuse for not getting there. But it's, it's so hard. <laughs> so hard still. So fucking yeah. hard. Yeah, so far. I, I mean, I, I missed both on my first time through. And... You do that, and you 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 glean that there are only two in the entire stage because you pass over the landing strip again. So you're like, oh, yep. this is looping now, you know. So you yes, you will loop this stage until you don't fuck it up. And this is where because it mentions in the mag uh, in the mag in the manual that you have a gas me a gas a fuel gauge, and I was like. You know, you play for that first thing. You're like, well, that means why? Who could like that's meaningless? You know, this is why. <laughs> this is why because you can loop this motherfucker enough times to run out of gas, and there's no way to replenish your gas. So it essentially gives you a uh, you know a, a timer that you have to to do this in. And um, I never, I don't think I ever ran out of gas, but I definitely, I think on the second one of these, I got down to like a quarter of a tank, and I was worried. I was getting worried for sure. So it, it is, it is possible to have an effect on you. There's no question. Yeah, I I didn't run out of gas either, but I definitely yeah. When I encountered the the takeoff landing strip again, I was like, oh, oh I can now got to deal with more enemies and stuff and like stay yeah. alive before dropping the supplies right. again. Like, Which, I'm you fine know, if you make me drop the supplies again, but like now I got to battle. Yeah, <laughs> these all these things respawn. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, it re, they all respawn as if it's a new uh, new stage. So yeah, that's one thing to mention for sure. I think it's funny too Brutal. that you know. The narrative it gives you is you're dropping these supplies for this top secret, you know, all-powerful weapon that the scientists are going to turn into the weapon that saves the world. And you just have an unlimited amount of them. <laughs> you can just, you just have an unlimited number of those to drop. <laughs> you know, that's right. kind of a funny narrative hitch. So, yeah, you have to hit that B button earlier than you. Like, yeah, I like the, the timing it. You have to hit that B button earlier than you'd guess, I think. To get yep. the right lob trajectory, like it's a it for sure. Which you, you know you're, you're flying fast as fuck. I mean, really, you easily justify that. But like again, like I don't know the code. I guess the physics. Like you're you're <laughs> it, it just it does this so many times. Like you're everything you've been trained with your whole life for these eight bit video games is like everything you know is wrong. You know fourth fourth level of marble madness. Everything you know is wrong. Like it's just. <laughs> It's it happens so often, and it's you know it to me. I don't know. Again, spoiler. Like I am just so torn on blessing for this. Like I just don't. There's so, yeah, I, I was. I don't know. There's so many good things I like about it, but there are so many things that are just like ah. Why? Tough. So when I finally did hit one, the second target on my second pass through the level, the or rather on the second target of my second pass through the level, the screen does that rainbow flash thing to let you know you've done a good job, so you can't miss that you fucking got it right, you know, and that feels very nice, of course, to celebrate that <laughs> visually. And that my next time through, the bay doors on this target were closed, but the arrows around it were still going, so there's some mixed signals going on there. You can 
Mm. You know, not that you, like we already discussed, you have an unlimited number of these top secret fucking supplies, but you can get yourself into danger trying to target that thing with the arrows, even though you don't need to, you know? So that kind of sucks that that's not a little more clear, I think. Um, and obviously, once you pass through it a time or two and have this, you won't do it again, but just that first time through, it's a little... It's just, again, it's another example where you're just like, ah, fuck. Wait, so meaning like you had already dropped one in that one and you can't drop one in that supply hole again because it was closed? Right, but I'm not saying I wanted to once I understood it was closed, but yeah. because the arrows are still there, if you don't notice uh, the bay doors are closed, yeah, yeah. you still yeah. will you know, you're fly over and target it maybe and get yourself into shit trying to do that, you know, and that I wish that was a little more visually clear, I guess, is all I'm saying. Got it. Yeah, I can see that. So yeah, it took me my first time to through this one, dude. It took me seven goddamn passes the first to get through this. That's a lot of passes. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. So yeah, so it was this one actually, yeah. Fuel's down to a quarter of a tank. I, I, I mixed them up. So yeah, I I only died twice the whole time, and it still took me seven times. <laughs> just missing? Like, yeah, I just could not fucking hit that second one. Or it was the first one, I guess, in the order of the level, but it was my second one. Yeah, it was fine. Got to put the wine down before playing this game. But I no, that honestly, what I did say like when I was playing this, I was like, man, I, I feel like I can't play this game casually. Like I was I was definitely taking it casual at first. Like, all right, it's flying shooter. I enjoy them. I'll take it playing it casual. But I was like, no, I got to focus <laughs> and like make this drop. Yeah. Man, I was not expecting that. That's good. You say that, dude. That makes me want to like it. That makes, that makes me want to like it, that you can't just fucking jerk off through the game. I like that. That's good. I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to like it. 100% wanted to like it, for sure. So when you do succeed and get both of them, you, it says, good work, supplies received, that is the message on the wrap-up thing. And then it, it, it was uh, destroy enemy fighter planes time. And in this instance of that sequence, you're over a brown landmass, and I'm guessing this is still the desert. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing descriptive whatsoever in it beyond the color, though. So who the fuck knows? And the sky looks the same. It's, I would say, maybe a little more aggressive with the oncoming air traffic and their firing of missiles. But mm-hmm. it was pretty damn samey as far as the overall experience goes. I did get popped once on this instance. And it's kind of cool how you go down. You know, Or rather, you don't go down immediately. Like, you get shot. And, like, you still have a moment. You're like, did I get shot? Mm-hmm. You know? And then you go down, you know, which is, I, I kind of like that little moment of, Oh fuck! <laughs> you know that's that was a cool design decision, I think. And you have like a little bit of smoke coming out of you before descending and exploding. It was it's kind of cool. Yeah, I definitely got hit a few times here because some of the planes now like drop missiles back at you. You know, mm-hmm. so here, this is where it was. It felt tough again, but I also learned that I needed to massage. A, we talked about the codes of the air massage the controls a bit like street fighter you know when you do the uppercuts like it's that bottom down to right semicircle movement but like to move i kind of had to do that more versus like trying to just get out of the way so it was kind of more well, like about feeling the out the controls yeah man that, that's a really that's a good way to express it like that fluidity i was trying to describe like it you don't have a fucking joystick at least I didn't. I guess you could play the game with a joystick. Maybe it would have been cooler if I did. But, like, the way it makes you employ that D-pad feels kind of with that more fluid, yeah. like, constant thing that a joystick might. And that's that's good design, you know. So that's yeah. that's kind of cool, I think. Or that is Maybe that cool, goes back to the sim aspect here because you would love to have a stick. Like, this is your traditional right. air time when you would have a stick flying in that kind of way, you know. For sure. The wrap-up screen text reads, nice going, so it's fun that those change, as opposed mm-hmm. to the end of the, the first 
missions, air-to-air shit. And then we have the space station again, and I got a little wonky on this one. And you know, this, yeah, I knocked my head <laughs> off the side. And it was a struggle to get back to the middle. And I don't know if that was just because they make it looser for the purposes of difficulty or if I just did something dumb. I'm not sure. I had 23 credits this time, so I did two cannon upgrades again to level 5, and then a Phoenix missile, and then it was on to mission 3. So, did you... So were you still avoiding that fucking cannon upgrade? Yeah, I didn't I actually didn't write down what I did here. Uh, I just kind of sp- I didn't I didn't have many too many credits assigned, which is part <laughs> of the problem. Yeah. Like before, I wrote down like everything I bought because I was like, all right, I got a lot of credits. I feel like this time I just didn't kill a lot of stuff. Like I was more avoiding, so I didn't have much to buy, yeah. and I wasn't. I still at this point wasn't sure how much it was helping me. You know, I just kind of like felt like I was buying stuff and yeah, of course I'd drop a bomb or something every now and then and it would kill a bunch of enemies. I'd be like, cool, but it was more like I'm still just trying to fly, shoot stuff and avoid. It's like that, you know? uh, you're describing what uh, I think we said, the the ass projectile in Zoom. You know, like it's there and like I think of it sometimes and use it and it's cool but mostly I don't think to use it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that's kind of how felt how I felt about these weapons and I think this is part of my problem with the game is that these outside of hearing you talk about the cannon and like yeah, if you get all the way upgraded how it makes a difference. I felt like I I couldn't actively employ these when I wanted to and how I wanted to in a thoughtful manner because I was just trying to survive. So that aspect of the game, which is normally a thing I love, like, yeah, let the me progress. Up. Right. Yeah, I felt like I just like wasn't powering up. So I yeah. was like, what's the point? You know? I feel that. I can see that for sure. You know, something we didn't mention too that was kind of cool about this part of it. I was thinking while you're describing your purchasing experience that, like, so in the shop menu thing, you, you see the, like, it's like the, it's like a, a schematic of the bottom yeah. of your plane, you know. So it has all these things flashing. And like I didn't even understand this when I first got it. I was like, because it's got the six little things towards the back. Those are your bombs. And like, yeah, I did not get what these all meant. So that's also why I went back to the manual. Like, what is the fuck is happening here when I'm I'm buying? Like, I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand. Like, yeah, you have like the. It, I mean, that explains. It's like you're, you know, it's it's a really well done expression of what your max carrying capacity is of each one and how thing when you buy them you can see them light up you know but i just i just i was too stupid to get it when i first got it or when i was first in this shop thing so that's worth mentioning too that it is a very cool menu and well done but i could not fucking get it use the manual <laughs> to fucking so a lot of nice little design touches and that's again like this there's yeah. one of the things that i really i want to commend it for and i want to like it um, exactly that was that was my exactly what i was going to say because of these little things like i wanted to like it i wanted to Tough though. So on to mission three, and we are back to destroy enemy base shenanigans, and it's a oh blue landscape gosh. this time, and it's all pretty similar except there are red fighter planes flying up from behind you throughout this, and they are a fucking problem, Ice Man. <laughs> so much of a problem. Yes, man. They bob and weave with you. They get out in front, and you have to avoid them. It is high fucking octane. And if you're not putting some bob in your weave, as a new one of these comes on the screen, you are going fucking down. So that's another one. Like I said, you got to be moving, man. You have to be fucking moving. You have to think about it because, like, when you play those air-to-air sequences, it's, like, applicable in Top Gun, too. You can't – if you – yeah, again, you you can't stay – if you have shit behind you that has a fucking missiles – you got to be moving, man, because you can get targeted at any second, you know? And Dude. Yeah. yeah. Like, and th- this is when the speed ramped up. All of a sudden, it's like yeah. well, you yeah, went from going 10 miles an hour to going 40, that, and I'm it, like, it, I can't slow down. It's super fucking interesting because they start you off fast as fuck. 
And then when you die, then it decreases. It's it's slow and like I I I'm I would love to know. I'd love to talk to David and his fucking Ferrari over there at Rare. <laughs> what if if that was like a choice made after the fact because yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, I didn't you know, again, I read that part of the manual, but I'd forgotten it basically. And because it's it's not applicable to the other iterations of the ground-based missions, you don't, you know, again, it's just like another mechanic just like we're talking about with the fucking weapons where you're just like, yeah, it's cool, it's there. And if you can remember it's a cool way to implement it and it's cool to use that part of the game but you're just trying to stay alive and you're it's hard to remember all that while you're playing you know so yeah like yeah you die and you come back and it's slower and like i mean noticeably slower like it's no no mistaking that you were going way fucking slower so i don't know i kind of i don't know like i i don't i don't know if i want to say like it should have started you off slow and you control that ramp up but then maybe you probably just forget about it in the same way if it doesn't you know so like i don't know maybe that was a choice to remind you, to remind, like, I, I guess, yeah, do I want to, I want to know, because that's exactly what it did. It reminded me that I had control over speed, and then I employed it. So I wonder if that was a conscious choice to, rem- like, they saw in playtesting that people didn't remember fucking speed. They're like, we got to do something to remind them in-game, and that they made that mm-hmm. choice. Like, I want to think that that's, like, a conscious design choice. That they're like, they saw that in playtesting, and they're like, do that, mm-hmm. and that will remind them. And they, th- they had to think of that, you know? Uh, which is would be cool and a, and a smart decision because yeah, if you control yourself and like you want to go fast, like it's fucking harder. But you get through the stage faster and you're not at the fucking mercy of those planes as long. Like there's incentive to go fast, and it's like this cost benefit analysis, this real time cost benefit analysis that I love in video games. You know, like make having to make a choice on the fly about how I'm going to experience this and having total control over my difficulty level at the benefit cost of some other variable. You know, I love that in video games. So yeah, I fucking really liked these fucking sequences. They were, I had a blast in both of these, (laughs) even though they were hard as fuck, you know? And this is another, because of the movement of those planes being so fucking high octane. This is another instance where having a level five cannon where you're literally laying down constant fire mm. is a huge boon because no you, wonder. Yeah. Huge okay. fucking benefit because yeah, those, the second those things pass in front of you, they're going into the mountain because you're fucking, <laughs> you're trying, <laughs> you know, you have constant fire being laid down. So it was hot. Yeah. I fucking love these, man. Ugh. Uh, so yeah, then enemy base at the end is exactly the same as Mission 1 base, or as the Mission 1 base in the design and mechanics, mm-hmm. but the red planes do sporadically fly in here too and, and, and add a little extra difficulty, I guess, but it's, I don't know, not nearly that problematic, I don't think, uh, to really call it, I'd say, harder. <laughs> you know, and yeah, with the fucking level 5 cannon, you fucking waste that base. I fucking wasted that. It was so fast. <laughs> Dude, when I finally got to this base, even without the cannon, I was like, oh, it's like the other cannon. All right, let me take, it's like the other base. Let me take this out. You know? Huge breath. Yeah, huge yeah. fucking breath in the action. No no question. It is definitely a, uh, a heart rate. Your heart rate drops, <laughs> you know. The second you hit that, because it is, it gives you that kind of, that boss battle tunnel thing you know mm-hmm. where you're going to like all the shit goes away and then you just have that moment of, of air and you know you're going it's it's even more impactful i guess to have that moment of breath of the game gives you where normally you have that and then it's because you're about to go into this really high octane moment with a boss in this case you do it and you know not only are you getting a breath now to calm down but you're heading towards something that's easy as fuck too <laughs> so it's like a little bit of a different employment of that game mechanic you know 
The air-to-air battle royale was over a teal landmass this time, but other than that, it felt like the exact same aggression and AI situation as Mission 2 for me. Did you did you feel any differences in, in this? I mean, I felt like it was faster again also. Okay. And so at this point, this is where the struggle was for me because at this point, I'm like out of continues and I have two lives left. And so like, well, you know... I get hit and it's like, ah, no, I got to go flawless through this. So it's only because of all the prior mistakes and not like save stating it regularly that I was just like, I'm starting to get used to it and things are crazy and I have like nothing left. And I'm like, the thought of starting over, I'm like, ah, yeah, Yeah, but functionally the same. Yeah. Yeah, the level five can of fire is a huge help here as well. I tried <laughs> so many. Fire. I had thirty nine credits going into the store after this. Thirty nine? I'm telling you, dude, that fucking that cannon upgrade to level five is some other shit, dude. It is on some other shit. <laughs> I can see that because even like the playthrough that I watched and the one I have pulled up now, I'm like, that is considerably faster than my cannon shoots. You know, like I was pulling up that earlier, and I'm like, no, like this is it's definitely yeah very yeah, different, a whole different fucking deal. Yep. Who knew? So, yeah, this is what I've, I had those 39 credits going to the store. I'm like, oh, man, how lit is my fucking cannon about to get? And no, it maxes out at five. So I, <laughs> I essentially just had these 39 credits and, like, could care less about having them. And that, you know, like you mentioned, because that is the entire economy of the power-ups and shit, like, that's a bummer, man. It's a fucking bummer. Yeah. And after, after stage three to have that. Now you up. just avoid the whole rest of the game? like Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Mm. And, you know, it's not like, you know, this is my first time. I've never played this game in my life. I guess we, we should have mentioned that in the beginning. Like, neither one of us had ever played this never. game in our life prior to, prior to finding the mag here. So, you know, it's not like I'm coming to this, like, with nostalgia glasses on and, like, I have some, like, level of aptitude, existing level of aptitude with it, even if it's mm-hmm. 30 years removed. Like, never played it before. So my first time through the game, I am maxed by all intents for all intents and purposes and just yeah just trying to get to the end now and like that's not that's not good that's not a good that's not yeah it's not good <laughs> so that, that was a fucking bummer um totally see yeah I, I just maxed out all fucking my missiles and fucking the bombs and it was that was it not very capitalism friendly rare not allowing me to spend all my money <laughs> i need to be able right. to spend all my money what do you mean i can't spend all my money <laughs> Give me more things to buy. (laughs) So on to mission four, and this is a pickup scientist is your land stage directive. And so this is a new mode, I guess, and our gameplay mechanic. And I have some serious safety concerns about the mission based on the illustration of it on the mission brief screen. It's a little dude running towards your jet as it appears to still be in motion. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to drop a ladder. Get ready. (laughs) It's like one of those rope ladders where you got to just like. At Mach what? What is what would do jets what do fighter jets in nineteen ninety go? Like Mach fucking something. I don't know. Something that a fucking guy shouldn't be running and trying to jump onto. I know that for sure. I am not a fucking physics scientist or a fucking safety professional, but or a military professional of any kind, but I know that's not a good fucking mission plan. <laughs> so yeah. interesting uh, illustration choice there. And uh, whatever, it's not my ass in the line. I just fly the plane. Who cares? <laughs> 
<laughs> like, fuck it. Uh, so, yeah, I fully expected this to just be a reskinned land level in a new color. But to my pleasant surprise, it was a river stage. So we have yeah. like, a completely different deal going on here. And I was immediately aware, even before seeing the boats, because the grid was gone. And there's like small current animations in the blue background, mm-hmm. you know. So golf clap rare for a little bit of visual variance on what uh, had it kind of established themselves, I guess, as being this like static reskinned deal, you know. So, yeah, you know, uh, all the shit I'll talk throughout the rest of the gameplay here about repetitiveness, they did make an effort to create variance, even at this point in the game. So. So yeah, there's a lot of boats, of course, various shape, sizes, moving patterns, but they're boats, and they all lob that same boring gray pixel into the air as their fucking projectile, and I hate that. <laughs> there are some enemy aerial enemies as well, these plane-shaped things that kind of hover and will slowly pull back to stay in your way as you pass them, you know, they'll like try to track with you and, and remain in your way. So that's kind of a new movement mechanic, but for the most part, it's a lot of samey shit here, and then there is, so I guess... So did you not get past that aerial stage? I did not get past that. Okay, yeah. so you, you are now offline. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so there's an enemy base at the end, and it's, uh, well, the yeah, there's an enemy base at the end, and it's, it's a bit different than the previously encountered ones, but only in appearance. It has four nodes that you have to blow up out of a... Uh, out out front of a central nervous node that you frag, and those, those are donezo. And then there's a landing strip immediately behind it, and your jet lands on it, its own. You don't really you don't control that uh, after you destroy the base. And then a little dot runs out and jumps in your plane before. So it does stop. Actually, <laughs> poor, poor, poor fucking illustration. That's not what happens. Thankfully, so he, he runs out, and then it cuts to a debrief screen reading. Scientist on board. First half of secret weapon installed. And this. Is the well, first of all, I believe the first time we get this congratulations music track. And this is also kind of where I started to be able to piece together that screen, you know, because there's it it makes this thing appear under the bottom left Uh, sprite, you know, that's like half that that represents half the secret weapon now that you picked up the scientist, you know. So started to get it, still didn't completely get it, but got started to get it a little bit there. And then you move on to an air-to-air sequence, of course, and it's also drizzled in with a little bit of new shit. The enemy jets will fire missiles at you from behind now, so you need to be, you can, you know, avoid those, and that's new. And then, uh, I mean, you can, basically, if you just stay out of the middle of the screen, so again, kind of just like the land-based missions in that regard, and that, like, you just need to keep moving and not let yourself come to rest center mass, you know. Oh, no, but that's what I was saying. They were shooting from behind on the last one. Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's why I got killed so many times because I would try to just kind of stay central and try to just, yeah. and I would just be getting peppered with those. Yeah. Like, ah, oh. yeah, got to keep it moving, yeah. got to keep it out there, keep it moving. So that's it. You get another space station, another fucking thing, same deal, same. So on a mission five, <laughs> and this is you same destroy enemy base shit, different line of code. This one is absolutely just a purple reskin of the mission one land stage, and it has the pine trees even. And there's some new enemy sprites, but nothing new in their mechanics. I would say, same for the enemy base at the end sigh and nothing new cooking in the air-to-air sequence in my opinion either and by this point i am yes flawless at the space station docking shit. <laughs> i so, should hope so yeah so yeah it starts there in mission five to really become like up oh, i'm slogging now mm. so after these messages we'll be right back it's the flight of your life 
Captain Skyhawk for your Nintendo. Captain Skyhawk is the only air combat game with a spy satellite view of the action. More weapons, more missions over more terrain than any other flying ace. Do you have what it takes to airdrop supplies, rescue scientists, destroy aliens, and save Earth from certain doom? It takes the hottest fighter pilot ever. Now, air combat soars to incredible new heights with Captain Skyhawk for your Nintendo. That is a 1990 U.S. market commercial for the very game we're indulging in here, Captain Skyhawk in transmission. Mission 6 in the video game, land sequence, and it is a supply drop run, and uh, again, and the color scheme here is orange, and it's a reskin of the Egyptian motif in Mission 2. So we're getting that, absolutely getting that Dino Ricky thing here, where it's the same levels reskinned in the same order as earlier in the game, and... Guess how much that sucks. The <laughs> air Funny combat. Funny you Dino Riki. We will, we will get to <laughs> That's exactly, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. If you have to mention Dino Riki, uh, if I have to mention Dino Riki in particular, <laughs> guess where we're at on this. <laughs> that's, that's a funny That's a funny thing to say, considering I love Dino Riki and had, you know, Huge childhood affinity for it, and exactly. You did not I, you know. I, I will, and it's fun, dude, I went into that game with the same thing going on, and it was so bad it turned me off of it. So that is the only reason that you had anything positive to say about that game is that that was just, just literally completely one hundred percent opacity nostalgia goggles. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But it was still a great game as a kid, regardless. Uh, as a kid, yeah. When you're literally too stupid and too limited to have any other options, yes. <laughs> Anyhow, air combat in this instance is a night deal, which is a pretty cool looking change, I think. So it's at nighttime. And everything else is the same, unfortunately, though. And I was getting pretty fucking lethal at this stuff. By this time, I was just fucking. I, mean, I told you how many credits I had after the whatever last mission. Like, that was all from air based shit. Like I said, I wasn't even, I was barely trying to engage, if at all. Other than those fighter planes on the land missions at this point. So, yeah. So, all those fucking... All that currency was coming from just wasting shit Fair. in the air missions, you know. So, yeah. I, got, I was fucking nice. getting really good at that shit. And so, after I finished the air to air, it finally dis- dawned, dawned on me how to decipher the top of the mission briefing screen in its entirety. So, this is mission six. I'm six missions in this game. I've seen the screen six times two. Twelve times. <laughs> and I had no idea exactly what was being said to me until now. So... The red thing in the top left is the enemy space station or whatever, the head honcho thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And the four green things, which I had always assumed were just were bases, but I wasn't sure what to think of the neon tubes between them right. meant, you know. And I guess they are fueling the space station somehow. And as you blown up, I had blown up three of them, they're no longer providing the neon juice to... The thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now I get it. And then, yeah, the thing below it is the secret weapon. So half of it was lit up. That's because I picked up the scientist, you know. So, like, okay, get it, you know. <laughs> but nothing else to say about Mission 6 other than that realization. Mission 7, the land objective is destroy that last remaining enemy base. And it's another high speed dogfighting level. And this one was. <laughs> you had trouble with the third one. <laughs> oh my God. I, I want to. I want to do one of those things where I like drop you in it and we record you playing it. Like I want to see, oh. I want to see your experience playing this because it was just so fucking high octane, dude. It was so fucking <laughs> high octane, so high octane. Nothing new at the base at the end, but the the level itself with the fucking the jets, just oh my god, dude, fucking oh, 
but fun as shit. And like, dude, I mean, that like the ultimate. This is this is really. I mean, you know, I always talk about like. I want that difficulty. I want it to be achievable difficulty. I want it to be difficulty that I feel like I can get better at and chip away at as I play the game. And when I fucking do, Pete, like, crest over the hill, I want to feel like I accomplished something. And when I fucking got through that level, I felt like I fucking did some serious shit. And that mm. is, you know, good job. So, that was cool. Impressive. The, it was, what's up? Is that impressive? I, uh, I, would, I would not have expected anything like that based on yeah. <laughs> Definitely. that aspect of it. But then, I mean, you, go, you come out of that, though, and you go, the, the air-to-air and the space station stuff are the exact same shit. So you just, like, even after you have that moment, it's like, oh, back to same old, same old, and that sucks. And then you yeah. even come out of that after having that feeling of those two things, and then you go into Mission 8, and it is, it's, it's a river stage for the land stage, and it's, pretty hot and heavy for the air to air and there is no space station visit at the end but it's still it's just it's just the same you know it's just the same shit and that sucks so it goes direct so you you cut you finish the air to air thing and then it cuts directly to destroy enemy space station is like the screen that it cuts to the 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 briefing screen and that means and this is important i think no weapon resupply opportunity after those mission eight runs how fucked up is that right hey I mean, I mean uh, here's the thing. Do it ha- doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but it sucks that it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really sucks that it doesn't matter. Yeah. I guess when you put it like that, yeah. I mean, it should, like, that, that yes, because it, and I don't know. I mean, you can say, like, the argument to this would be that, like, it's not a shmup, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, it, it's a, it is a tactical flying game it's not a fucking shmup even though everything about it looks like it is you know so that would probably be the answer to this especially if i was a developer trying to defend my case for why that's why we did that uh but if you have these power-up elements in it the idea that those would have no purpose well i mean the accumulated cannon fire thing is a factor in the final battle so that increase that you've done over the course of the game is applicable, but the idea that you know, I mean, I'm, again, I explained, I going into level three, I had maxed it out, so maybe I don't know how the hell you get to fucking level eight without <laughs> already having done it. Yeah, even on top of just just because of the amount of currency you have and the way the game works, like. I don't see how you could not get there just because you, there's so much of a, a surplus of currency, basically. But also, I don't see how the fuck you beat the last few stages without level five cannon fire. <laughs> you know, uh, so so there's a bunch okay. of fucking there's a bunch okay. of reasons why maybe maybe they were just like no one, literally no one could get to this point without having that. Maybe that's the argument for this, but I don't know. It just I, I want to feel like it matters to me more, like the economy matters to me more than that. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, you also did that from the beginning. So maybe, like me, clearly I did not and I struggled. So maybe, you know, if you, maybe the intent is like, oh, buy whatever you want, you'll get a little stuff. And then eventually by like stage five or six, you know, you've gotten that kind of stuff so that you can get through the rest. And then it's just about skill. So maybe that's like the intent and you found it early and you're like, ha, let me, now I'm rolling. Just, uh, Broke the game a little bit, maybe. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. Maybe so, they yeah. maybe they ran like a hundred scenarios, and they're like, in ninety of these scenarios, they <laughs> will just pick whatever. Like in this small percent, like 
the person will all will actually max we'll it out, and you pick that yeah. scenario. You know, perhaps, perhaps. So yeah, you rip right into mission nine, and they drop you right into this. Like the, the craft uh, that has been in the top left corner of the mission briefing screen the whole game is what descends down in front of you as the battle starts. And from the top, uh, uh, off screen, and then it goes into this. And this is again, like I want to. I don't know. I want to. They did so much. It sucks that we could get to the end and maybe not want to call it good. But the the it it goes into this tempest tunnel style thing. So kind of like the space station docking sequence is kind of how the the boss battle goes, the final boss battle. And you're flying directly at it as it's whooshing at an equal speed away from you through space, right? So it has on the on the on the mask. It has 20 nodes that are symmetrically symmetrically distributed around a central eye. And you have to shoot each of the 20 nodes, I think just once, but you know, not ex- hard to say, especially at the fucking rate I'm firing. <laughs> right. uh, so yeah, you have to blow all those up, and then the eye opens up in the middle. And until they are blown up, there are like two of the random, or rather two of the surviving nodes, like a random two of them, will shoot projectiles at you that you have to avoid and fly around. And they, you know, they come at kind of like a POV perspective a little bit. And the clip on these is steady enough that it is a problem, I would say. But for the most part, you can, you know, you have certainly an effect on avoiding them. It's not like, you know, the, uh, too fast for you to deal with or anything. And, but, but still challenging. And once they're all gone and the eye opens, it will start releasing two projectiles every second that are semi-targeted at you. So... They, they, the, the projectiles then come from the center of the mass. And I want to say it only took five shots to take the eye down in the middle. So 20 nodes and then five shots. So 25 shots, which I don't know. I, like, I'm not sure if I want to say like I was I felt pressure while playing it. Mm-hmm. But I also beat it on the first time, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I don't know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't know. How often, not... how, what percentage of the time would you say out of all of our gameplays, have you beat the final boss on the first try? Fucking ghosts and goblins. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah, no, it's not. A, yeah, it's not. A, it's not. It's not. Yeah, probably not good. I mean, I think yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I died a time or two, but I had, I had the lives. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what to say exactly about the difficulty level. But in any event, the, the whole unit, when it does die, the whole unit flashes, explosions pop up all over it. And before it can destruct or anything, we cut to the mission debrief screen. So you don't actually see an explosion of the whole thing. It cuts that mission debrief and it says, congratulations in the text area. And then it counts your score addition down, then scrolls to a picture of the space station and the text, mission complete, alien invasion fleet destroyed. And then it cuts to the game over screen. Just those words small in the center of an all-black card. And you can enter your name on the high score list after that. And there's a dedicated chip tune for this that we already experienced. Todd has landed in third place at 162,123 <laughs> behind Brendan and Trevor, which is quite the top three, I must say. Uh, Brendan, Trevor, and Todd. <laughs> Definitely sound like they could be fucking ninjas over in Final Fantasy for sure. Uh, I assume... After dying after the third level, you did not jot down your high score. I no, my last. I definitely have a couple high scores on there. They're in like like sixth and seventh place. You know, I okay. definitely am populating 
the bottom half. <laughs> Multiple of that. times you were started. Yeah, that's hilarious. That you didn't like theoretically didn't turn it off and keep playing. That's a funny thought. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely died multiple times, and then I was like, all right, now let me try it again. You know, I, I've i attempted this multiple times. That's what I'm saying. Like, I had my, my save state, like, I'm going through, and then I went through again, and I was like, all right, let me just try a different strategy. It just, I wanted to like it. Yeah. And, and watching the playthrough and your experience with it, it sounds like, I mean, I will say I like the final boss the way that you had that still that sim view instead of yeah. kind of the overhead view. I, the overhead view on the destroying the enemy, enemy base is just, it just seems off to me. Like, I just don't like the angle of it, but that head-on view I do like, even though it seems pretty easy, but... It's cool. It reminds me yeah. of... Uh, what is it? It's not... I don't think it's Gradius. Gradius is, is life force There There's are some Zevious? fucking... <laughs> I don't fucking know. One of these, one of those sci-fi games where you had that tempest down a tunnel thing going on for boss battles, and it was really fucking cool. And it reminded me of that. And I can't think of what the game was. Um, I I think I've like T. I I think I've nominated it before, but I can't remember the name of it now. But anyways, it reminded me of that. And yeah, it is cool. It's the fact that it is a complete change from the rest of the game, but not so much that you couldn't immediately dive into it you know like it's right. it'd be it's one thing if you like completely change the format of a game but you got to do it in a way that the player can seamlessly transition into that and yeah. it, no question did that so pretty good job i'm pretty sure continuing looking at the high score i'm pretty sure continuing does not reset your score i think i think it keeps it counting even through continues really so i thought that worth mentioning just as far as the score tally goes yeah hmm. So that said, the the top scores on the high score thing, these quarter and half million benchmarks that Brendan and Trevor have laid down here, uh, seared into the ROM, are pretty lofty pursuits. I think I'm not sure exactly how <laughs> you get there because yeah, yeah. I beat the whole beat the whole fucking game, and I'm barely halfway to the second place, let alone the fucking top score. Wow. Yeah, but that's fucking it, man. I wasted it the first time. I you know I, my boss battle videos on the fucking. It'll be in the show notes, of course. And it's the whole video. So that's like the whole deal. The sequence after the game ended, the whole fucking thing is two and a half minutes. So, yeah. And a significant portion of that two and a half minutes is me having controller input issues and sorting that out. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's not a long end game sequence, including the reward post game. So, yeah. you know, that's... Not how did you always. feel though? How did you right. feel? Did you feel like you accomplished something? Like, well, tell me, tell me how how feel you, sir? Right? Yeah. I mean, I I that's the weird. That's the tough thing about it is I don't. You know, I'm not like. I did feel like I I don't know like I, there was like a oh you beat the game like I I did feel like I beat yeah. it you know and like I had accomplished something even though that in boss maybe left something a little to be desired uh and the you know and the, the actual specific battle but i mean all yeah the lead up to it is hard man so it's like fucking but the right kind of hard in most cases to me so yeah i mean I, yeah I, I don't know like i i think i was kind of satisfied but maybe not as satisfied as i need to be to recommend someone to play it you know so mm. let's talk about that further in the next segment
that is the title theme, bringing us into the verdict. Josh. <sighs> Where do we, how <laughs> you know do we start? You know what I'm going to do here, Jay? Because I think we've both shown our cards yeah. throughout this, this episode, and we, we normally try to avoid doing that. So, to reward the listener <laughs> for sticking through this episode this long and, and listening to this segment... I am going to drop the unused music theme from the soundtrack that's not anywhere in the game. That is fucking fire. So you have a music reward for uh, this redundancy that I think you're about to experience. I had a shit ton of fun. And once I got used to the mechanics and really sorted the game out and could just cook, I was having a fucking blast. Those land dogfight stages, mm-hmm. you know, beating a dead horse to say those are the most fun I've had in a flying game on the NES. Like, period. You know, and that's, that's inclusive of a life force. That's inclusive of... There aren't a lot of other flying games I like, but <laughs> you know, so it's not like it's uh, it's not like there's a ton of competition maybe for this title. But those are the most fun I've had flying something on an NES game, and I think they did a really great job of executing three entirely different gameplay types. I enjoyed all of them to some degree or another, and I had no once I had, and it, like I said, there's a startup cost to it. But once I had figured them out control wise, I did not have any gameplay control gripes like it. Everything controlled fine. Everything did what it was supposed to do. You right. had control over it that you're supposed to have. You know, I, I no complaints in that regard. Once you got the hang of it, it does have. You do have to get the hang of it. But once you do, it works like it's supposed to work. And all that said, like all the the metrics I measure historically awarding King Lorik's blessing for are just not met here. Like the final boss battle challenge and satisfaction. Not quite up there, really. The bosses throughout the game are fucking meaningless. So those, yeah. like, why even put those there? They're fucking useless. Uh, they're yeah, they're literally just I don't know. Like I almost want to say that they're the, the real failure. Like if you want to make them easy, because the levels are hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll listen to that as a choice, as a conscious, deliberate choice. But I think. You need to make them visually funner or something. You need the if they are solely a reward, I need more of a reward. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that's going to be the way you want to play that, and then the in-game wrap-up payoff being worth the work you put into the game. I mean, it falls so short in that area. You know, there's there's nothing game over, and then fucking score, fuck off. You know, so that really yeah. fucking sucks. And then yeah, I mean, the nail in the coffin. I think <laughs> for me is that I even thought of, let alone actually had to reference Dino Ricky while playing this fucking game. Like, <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. The entire back half of the game is just a reskin. And even that is a barely, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's the same fucking thing, basically. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. And that's not, I don't, there's just no way to do that and really deserve being commended for it. You know, it's like, I don't care. You tell me the cart didn't, and then, you know, there is so much going on, too. Like, 
the different game modes and they're all well executed and yada yada yada. So like, if you don't, I like I you know the NES, I get it. Like you only have so much fucking shit to work with. Like fine, but just don't put them there. You know, like what's the point? Like why have the same thing? Like just have the game in then. You know, and like yeah. I know they probably the answer to that, of course, is someone probably told them they couldn't do that. You know, like it needed to have some certain amount of gameplay hours or something. Right. You know, and they had created all this cool shit, and they're, they're like. Uh, well, there's no more room. We either have to make the shit not cool or just double it, you know, and then I guess that's an easy business choice, but we're not looking at it from that perspective now, I guess, I guess is the answer, you know, we're trying to decide whether we want to play it now or whether we should tell yeah. someone to play it now. And that's, I don't think you can, I don't think I can get a King Lawrence blessing. Yeah. I think, man, I think it would disrespect past blessings. Yeah, to yeah give it, for sure. To give it the like to put them in the same category. Like, how yeah. do you do that? It's, <laughs> that's what's disappointing. Like, for me, I I'm not always I'm not usually a completionist who has to like hundred percent things all the time. I'm normally just a conqueror. I want to beat a game and move on. And so for me to not have beat this game, I was really bummed to not do that. Like it's I was struggling. However, upon understanding the duplicative nature of this, I clearly have beat played eighty percent of this game. So you know <laughs> that's, a, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. So. You know, I, I feel like I've I could I can actively talk about it. And as someone who loves flying shooters, like it, this is disappointing. Like, cause I love that genre, but because of that, I'm looking for certain things. I want to. There's certain aspects of that genre that I love, and one of them is weapon progression and the destruction of the enemies. Like being able to just lay down like a spread fire weapon, like in Contra or something that just like. Anni- like annihilates the enemies in front of you is a fun feeling. And I felt like as someone who did not like get that maxed out cannon, I didn't I never experienced that. And even looking at the sprites of the maxed out cannon, it still is just like this is kind of just like a machine gun. Like a, <laughs> like you know what I mean? So even visually in the way that works, like I never felt that reward from destroying things. Right. And that's what you want in a flying shooter. I want to destroy things and have it look cool and evade things. And I felt like I was mostly just trying to evade and then without much of the other thing. So yeah, man, even, even though I was struggling on that, you know, on stage four, I, I wasn't enjoying it while I was doing it. And that, that was my thing. Like I didn't, I wasn't incentivized enough to like, Oh, I got to keep going. Like I'll get it. You know, other games. Yeah. You struggle, but I'm going to keep going. Cause I want to beat this. It's fun. And I was not enjoying it the whole time. And I was like, Oh, come on. You're killing me, man. So I, I, I would I recommend it to someone else? No. Did I have fun? No. Would I consider playing it again if they remastered it? Not unless, like, they changed the whole second half thing so that it was completely different. You know what I mean? And we're talking about a remaster, so maybe you could do more with it, but clearly in this current state, like, I'm, I'm passing. You know, it's funny. I think we, we've talked through it in this uh, three hours here, but I think I miss... Because, like, my whole thing was, I was like, Jay, you'll fucking love this because it, it's a flying shmup. Yeah, no. And we, we, I think we tagged that. I think we answered mm-hmm. that question. It's not a flying shmup. It's not. Like, it looks, everything about it on the surface looks like it is. But it's fucking not. Yeah, it is not a flying shmup at all uh, in so many ways, you know. And, yeah. Yeah. Even even Dino Ricky, man. You talk about that. Obviously, a game I like. When I get, when you get the fire weapon... Then it's fun. Then you're laying waste to all your enemies, and that's why we said so. We 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 said yeah. during that episode that even though the guy's running around visually, that's a flying shmup. 
everything about yeah, it exactly. is yeah. a flying shmup, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, everything, they have the progression of the weapons, everything about it is a flying shmup, yeah. uh, except for just like that very one uh, small and not really even true. At, like even the way the way he runs on the ground is not it is not a friction based yeah it's very yeah. fluid yeah. like yeah. kind of yeah. yeah that's funny so yep yeah, i mistagged it my, my my bad for getting this into this on the premise <laughs> i don't i don't regret us playing it but i yeah. i got us into it on the premise that i thought you would change your mind about initial impressions because of what i perceived the game to be and i miss i misgaged that uh, so I apologize to you for that. Uh, <laughs> but you made me play Donald Ricky, so fuck you, Jay. <laughs> I stand oh. by it. <laughs> yeah. uh, next up, we have Random Rags uh, going on. We're jumping out of our traditional mag timeline for the one issue of, or for for one issue of Gameplayer Strategy Guide to Nintendo Games that I had as a tot, an issue from June of 89 with a less than great Bionic Commando Skater Die and Google 13 art on the cover. And after that, we'll be getting back into our timeline with Game Bro- Game Pro 12 uh, issue. Yeah, Game Pro issue 12. Whoa, Jesus Christ! July 1990. And since Sega Visions isn't back up till October, Jay, they have a little bit of a break before issue two from issue one, and we would have to do a Game Pro 13 in August of uh, from August 1990 before getting to the next Nintendo Power in September. I propose we get real fucking wild. And do another Random Rags episode on Sega Mania number one. And you don't even know what this is, do you? No. Sega Mania? This, yes. I think I've mentioned it in brief passing. Um, also, the pod they just started a podcast, too. So, it's not really, it's not technically a mag of antiquity. It's a mag that just started being published last year by a group of UK guys that are big Sega fans and miss magazines. So, they started mm. making a real, tangible, hold-it-in-your-fucking-hand issue are issues of this magazine and say it's Sega hyphen mania.com. If you want to look at the, this, this badass creation of theirs, but they, and yeah, they do have a podcast now. It's called the Sega mania podcast. So you can check that out in the same places you can check our pod out, but they're like their initial format has been covering an entire year of Sega shit per issue. So issue one is on 1990, which is where we happen to be. Mm. So it kind of fits ever so snugly into where we need a Sega installment in our timeline here. So it kind of fits fucking perfectly, I think. And like I said, I really, I bullshitted with the guys before a few times on, on our Facebook page, actually. Uh, I tagged them in some shit. So they, yeah, they seem very cool. I think their brand of humor on the pod sounds very similar to ours too. So I appreciate that as well. And uh, And I certainly like that they're trying to make a, retro game magazine in present day and sell issues of an actual tangible magazine, you know? So okay. I think I respect kind of that. Cool. Yeah. Respect that. Uh, yeah. So what say you, Jay, are you on board for that for another? I'm random down. Rags? Let's do it. Okay. So yeah, we will do game. We'll go bounce back to game pro after this random rags and then go into a Sega mania uh, issue. And that's very cool. Nice. Awesome. You can subscribe to the pod on the platform provider, whatever dumbest company that does serve up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on that podcast platform of choice or any other for that matter. The website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod. You can email us directly at ISOH podcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod on Facebook and or Instagram. Link to the YouTube gameplay videos playlist is in the show notes. There's the ISOH subreddit if you want to get downloads on Reddit. We don't have a Patreon, but if you like giving money to the things podcasters tell you to and would like to do so at our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities, and that is very fucking cool as fuck. Fucking fucking. AbleGamers.org <laughs> is where you can find them. And there are t-shirts on the website. They're dope, and we're wearing them now, uh, or two of them now. And the proceeds for those after pot expenses go to Able Gamers as well. Jay, what are your socials? 
Uh, Gentleman JB is my gamer tag, and that's pretty much where you can find me on all the all the act socials that I choose to be active on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Folan. You can find me on Instagram at my shift key is broke, and my gamer tag on Oculus is my shift key is broke, which is now all we need to know because I've retired from Xbox. No, Josh, <laughs> you're hurting my soul and my heart. Uh, I know, I know. You the the company man. The company man feels it deep inside. <laughs> I don't know. There's so much lure, cool stuff coming, man. You can't. Lure, lure me back. You're going to be. I don't want to fucking play Elden Ring, Jay. I don't want to play Elden Ring. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't need that. We'll, we'll bring you back. Don't yeah, worry. When you, don't when, worry. When, listen, once you could get fucking Elder Scrolls out, you might see me around. You might see me around. <laughs> <laughs> Although I recommend putting it on fucking Oculus because it's going to be cooler there. Mm. Although I've heard, don't these motherfuckers have you, you, you? The pricks have some sort of VR. They gotta have some VR thing coming out, right? It's gotta be coming out. What the fuck is taking them so long? Why don't they have a VR thing coming out? Why is it not announced? Why is it not already full of titles? What kind of bed shitty ass fucking <laughs> development timeline are they on over there where they don't see that Sony's already announced theirs? Sony's already got shit coming. Obviously, the Oculus is killing it since Christmas. Like. Why don't you want to be in the future? Why don't they want to be in the future, Jay? Why, don't they want to be, why do they want to be in the past? Why do they want to exist in the past? I would, I would argue, I would argue, such things like Game Pass and such are the future. And there are things that I can. I mean, I. What, what do you expect me to do? Like, just start talking about stuff in a podcast? What are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that would fucking make our. Uh, you spill something real, real spicy. Maybe our fucking listenership. Or can you imagine? Will, like, will go oh. viral. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, earlier today on a little known gaming <laughs> podcast? Like, <laughs> oh, Microsoft uh, executive, in quotes. <laughs> they're like, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. sounds like it Sounds like a hit story for fucking, uh, I don't know, whatever. I don't even know what websites cover fucking games anymore. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.